Oh, jam. I don't even have the energy for that. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday Night Magic. I'm Chewy. That's Squee. Over there's Clues. Yo. We, uh... This has been a rough few days for us and for everyone that has good sense. So if we seem a little less than enthused about magic news, it's because we are extremely less enthused about magic news. Yeah. While society collapses around us. So like putting it mildly, the last week of magic Twitter has been a lot of reactions and a lot of people that are super hyped and amped up about their opinions of the way things are going in magic. Uh, we are not going to be scratching that itch for you. That's no, not where we're not. spending our points. <laughs> yeah. So just be aware. We're going to recount some of the news. We're going to... I'm sure we'll have a, a, some minor discussions, but I will not be ranting about any of that with any of my usual gusto. And there's a lot to rant about this week, but there I don't is. have it in me. The, the soapboxes are being reserved for other purposes. Yeah. Speaking of which, hey, look, a soapbox. Uh, I would like to take this opportunity to say that Black Lives Matter and all cops are bastards. And if you don't think Black Lives Matter, you could piss right off. That That's my statement. There is absolutely no excuse for institutional racism even though i know we're all used to it it's been around for 200 some years that's why we call it institutional it's it's probably time to get rid of some of that and at the very least we need to figure out what the hell to do about police reform because it's out of control it's not optional this is a society has to fix this problem to move forward thing there is no stalling there is no staying there is no hoping it goes away like actual change does have to happen yeah this is one of those you know things in our lives where however this resolves will reflect on our society and it will also be the stories that are told to children assuming talking to children is still a thing so yeah yeah events that happened right before this recording uh now have us teetering on the brink of you know, not a democracy anymore. So that's nice. Yeah. But, uh, because the alternative as clues put it, uh, earlier is either do Monday night magic or curl up in a ball on the couch and try real hard not to cry. We figured we would do Monday night magic. Yep. Pretty much. So, so, uh, while, while we're on this subject, can I, can I share a minor thing? Of course. I mean, it might, it might not be a minor thing, but I think it might help. It might help some people out there who are listening to this. Then again, it might not. I, I, I honestly don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't know what's going through your head. I, I'm not you. I haven't lived your life. I get it. Uh, but I know that there are those who encounter the phrase black lives matter and have an immediate energy, knee, knee jerk reaction to it. And their, their immediate pushback is and I'm going to try my best not to swear here as we go into this because it is something we're trying it's to avoid fine if on you, this show. If you can't. But it it might happen. Just putting it out there. I know that the immediate knee jerk reaction uh, from a lot of people is, "No, wait, all lives matter. Come on, why why have you got a why you got to single out black lives like that?" Well, look, here's here's the thing. I I get it. 
the very first time I encountered the phrase Black Lives Matter, I had that immediate knee-jerk reaction too because I was I was an idiot. I was wrong. I did you too. Really, you really have to think about this deeply. The fact that we have to say it out loud is why it's a problem, okay? Until, until we can, as a society, demonstrate that black lives matter, it's demonstrably false that your claim, all lives matter. That's the problem, okay? And until such time as there's not this separation between what, what society treats as all lives and uh, uh, the, the, the more minority populations among us, the ones who are oppressed, the ones who are put down, and, until they're on an equal footing with, with everyone else, it's not true that all lives matter. And that's why we have to say it out loud. And that's why there are these protests all over the damn country right now. And there are so many of us, so many of us, who live lives of privilege. And we may not think it's privilege because parts of our lives suck. And they do. They absolutely do. There are parts of our lives that are terrible. But those are parts. There are other parts that are incredibly privileged that we just take for granted each and every day. And then there's a whole chunk of our society that can't. And that's terrible. And we have to be better than that. And that's what I'll say. And it was well said. And Chewy eats a cookie. It's my try to keep it together cookie. Bill, say something so I can eat this cookie so I can try to keep it together. Oh, okay, yeah. It's not working. Yeah, like the... Really and truly, whenever I hear the the different um, comments on the subject of Black Lives Matter on the subject of protesting, on the subject of the consequences of actions. I, time and again, I I find people making excuses for not changing something that's wrong. And whether the excuse is not thinking that something is wrong or that there's not an alternative or that, you know, somehow things, bad things happening are justified by other things. It's all a combination of selfish and lazy. We can change things. Things have changed before. If you look at the history of this country, let alone every other country in the world, change happens. We as a generation have not done as much or faced as much for our change. We've definitely done things. We've made some progress. Things can get better. Anytime you watch an old movie and you're like, wow, that's really messed up. That's because we got better from when we thought that was okay. Like, this is just happening on a grander societal scale, and it needs to happen now. And my um, only other comment on the subject for right now is that if you are among the people who are going out and protesting, uh, be safe. Don't forget that COVID-19 is still a thing, and crowding around a whole bunch of people in close quarters especially people you don't know and would never meet otherwise is a really serious risk regardless of the context. So like if you go out and you do that, still wear your mask, do everything you can to be safe within that context. And then when you're done self quarantine, like you've been out, you've done it. I'm not saying that there's a good option. You're making a choice when you do this, but 
act like you've been exposed to hundreds or thousands of strangers and behave accordingly afterwards. Wash up, stay safe, don't interact with anyone else whenever possible. Um, remember everything that you remembered for the last two months. It's still there. That hasn't gone away. So, like, do whatever you can to be safe, um, even in the midst of everything else here. Yeah. Luckily, the keep it together cookie mostly worked. <clears throat> um. Yeah, and as I keep trying to explain to people, it this came up uh, in our chat in the not TMP stream that we did on on uh, last Thursday. Uh, if all you do is point at the looting and destruction of uh, small businesses and whatnot and go, well, clearly it's not right. Clearly you're not paying attention because there are three distinct groups out there. There are the protesters, there are the looters, and there are the cops. One of these is totally right. That's the protesters. One of them is the problem. That's the cops. And the other one are just opportunistic crotches who really should stay the hell at home. That's the looters. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I learned a couple days ago what ACAB meant and. That did not make you happier, did it? Uh, uh No, it made me. It, it was a, oh, because I keep seeing people tweet that. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And it's, it turns out it's all cops are bastards. And the more I think about it, they're right. Yeah. Like, if, and if you're like, well, my such and such is a police officer. They're bastards. Because there are no good cops. Because good cops wouldn't let shit like this happen. Okay? That's, that's, that's how that works. Like, sorry to break it to you, but police unions are a major problem and have been for a very long time when it comes to, I don't know, killing brown people. So maybe, you know, we should start over with that. I'm, I'm just saying. And no, I don't have a suggestion. That's not my job. We have people to figure that stuff out. Well, we used to. Well, we used to, right, yeah, okay. We're supposed to have people that figure this stuff out. That's like when you say, hey, Watsi's business practices are currently really, really shady. And someone's like, well, how are they supposed to? Not my job. <laughs> you can By the way, Watsi's business practices are really, really shady. Do what? You can observe problems without providing solutions. Yeah. That's how it works like ideally solutions are great once you've identified problems but they don't have to come from the same source yeah so i just wanted to start off with that i am wholly behind all of the peaceful protesting that is going on and uh the, the only reason that i'm not out there with them is because i'm a giant wuss 
that that's really it. I I'm terrified of getting and spreading COVID nineteen. That's why I haven't even seen my parents in going on four months now. So I'm I'm not gonna go out. If there wasn't a horrible global pandemic that's killed a hundred thousand plus people in this country alone due to inadequacy in response to it, I would like to say that I'd be out there. But like I'm still a giant wuss. Well, I like to think I would because I have been to protest before, and this is a big one. Um, but it's again, it's easier to say that when I'm not doing it because I also don't want to contribute to COVID-19. And I I don't want to get it. I don't want to pass it along. I don't want to be a contributing factor. And I worry that there are so many bad days of COVID-19 ahead of us. Yeah. I want to do everything I can to not participate in making it worse. And I can't That's afford to self-quarantine. You can't do things like this right now. Like This is something that is important. And you know, kudos to everyone involved. Yeah. Like I can't afford to self quarantine for two weeks because I still have to, you know, make the money to pay the rent by door dashing. So here I am doing Monday night magic. Cause the only other option is the, you know, ball couch, not crying thing. <laughs> so I guess, shall we distract ourselves with magic? Yeah, yeah, let's distract yeah. ourselves with let's, magic cuz I'm about to lose that. it again and I don't have another cookie. Hmm. Let's uh now talk about a bunch of crap that doesn't matter. Oh, ah. So, that was uh, criticism by the way. That was actually let's let's do that. Huh. All right. So, first up, the 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 non Black Lives Matter elephant in the room is the abandoned restricted update from today. Oh, look at that band. Where they did a thing that, to our knowledge, they've never done before. And they've completely changed the way a mechanic works. Yeah, correct us if we're wrong, chat. But when has this... I mean, okay, we we, we did damage on the stack, like, way back when. But like that was like a rules change. Like, yeah. game rules have changed. And as a result of game rule changes, mechanics have changed. Like, the way that trample and death touch work change oh that's changed things. so many times yeah like those are things that have changed but it's not a we're changing trample to make it better or worse it's not we're changing death touch it's now that damage works this way this is what it does um this is not that this is directly changing what a thing does because thankfully it wasn't printed directly on the card well the reminder text was but that's never yes right. the, the so... actual rules text wasn't so mess of its own right um i i don't think we're gonna have to remind too many people of how companion has been affecting everything since it it came out across all the different formats but suffice it to say the advantages of companion were sweeping across all of the cards and they kind of found themselves in a corner where they either ban a whole lot of cards or do something else and they figured out how to do something else. Yeah, they they went the the blizzard route and actually nerfed it. Now, jury seems to still be out over what just happened to my voice. Jury seems to still be out over whether or not they've nerfed it into oblivion like old school uh 
Blizzard with uh, Hearthstone, but so now instead of once per game, you can cast your companion from your sideboard. Now, once per game, at sorcery speed, you can pay three mana to put your companion from your sideboard into your hand. Um, I do have to briefly, and I do mean very briefly, stand on uh, my judge soapbox for just a second, even though I'm no longer a judge. Um, There are people who are reading too much into how this is worded in this announcement here, where they say that uh, you may put your companion from your sideboard into your hand, and people are going, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Does this mean that I can't play this in Commander since I don't have a sideboard? Okay. Hold on a minute. As Toby (laughs) Elliott tweeted this afternoon, if you actually take a look at the uh, comp rules that went into effect as of today, June the 1st, uh, according to section 116.2G, a player who has chosen a companion may pay three generic mana to put that card from outside the game into their hand. So it's totally fine. You can still do that in Commander if you really want to. There you go. So let's see here. What is it? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I have not read this. Cause uh, which, which part? Any, any of this. All I saw what the changes were, and that's as far as I got this morning because okay, there are more important things on my mind. Yeah, that's totally fair. Totally fair. All right, so uh, the reason for making this change is metagame data and play rates of companion decks across all formats. Duh. And on player feedback on repetitive gameplay patterns. Also which duh. is a thing that Squee has brought up before about uh, the r- reducing variance heavily. The win rate is too damn high. Yeah, yeah. As a group, decks using companions have too high of win rates and metagame share in Standard, Pioneer, and Modern, and have already necessitated bans in Legacy and Vintage. I mean, you could have just said that, right? Like that right there. We had to ban this in Legacy and Vintage. Did you really think we were going to leave it alone? (laughs) (sighs) This trend represents a long-term problem for the health and diversity of all formats. Wait, Rather which formats? The... All formats. Damn. Rather than go down the path of making several individual adjustments to the ban list for each format, we feel the better solution, that's right, this is the better solution, is to reduce the advantage gained from using a companion across the board. Yeah. So there you go. Now, a lot of people have been kicking around ideas for how to help this yeah i didn't see this one on anyone's list <laughs> no I granted don't. i didn't read that many of the lists that people were throwing out here are ways that you could fix i but i didn't i didn't see this one now on the one hand i'm sure that they play tested this change and they decided that this was the best way to go on the other hand in theory they tested companion before they made it happen <laughs> so take from that what you will yeah. I'm gonna guess that they tested it with two generic mana and went, no, not quite. And then they changed it to three the night before and <laughs> then did test that. Because that's, that's what history suggests happened. Uh, now, one other thing that is that is made, that is just stated out right here. It's rare that we use rule change rules change to address metagame balance. 
and this isn't something that we have plans to do in the future. In other words, yeah, let, we're <sighs> unprecedented times. Yeah. Which, now, I've already seen people uh, complaining about this, and one complaint in particular that I think... I saw, was it Joey Pasco? It might have been Joey Pasco said that this, at least that's where I saw it first, I think, this disproportionately nerfs the more aggressive companions, whereas Yorian, who seems to be one of the major problems, is barely touched because he goes in slower decks. And that is a good point. Like, Lurus is a bad kitty, but now Lurus is a dead kitty? Like Clues has on his microphone? Not not, not today. Oh, Sorry. no, not that microphone. Sorry. This time. That that fluffy thing that Clues has on his mic. Yeah, uh, due, due to the bands. Is called a, a dead kitten. It's called a dead kitten, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This... Okay, and... If, if this was the only news in today's banned and restricted announcement, we would still have uh, felt compelled that we probably should have a show to talk about that. But yeah, because this is ridiculous. This is as unusual as banning a card in Vintage. Right? We're having a forever. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's almost as unusual. It, it's slightly more unusual than banning a card in Standard. Because that doesn't happen very often, right? It's very, very rare that we get standard bands. Yeah. So, hey, next up, uh, hey, we've got two standard bands. Two? <laughs> That's more than usual. Huh. So, first up, we've got, uh, oh, the auto card isn't working again. No, not on this page. Yeah. No, man. I'm oh, that's awesome. Monster. Jesus. All right, so we've got Fires of Invention and Agents of Treachery. Let's get that on the screen. So Fires of Invention is uh, this crazy card that we have seen any number of Fires car uh, Fires decks where you can cast spells only during your turn and no more than two spells each turn. But you can cast spells with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control uh, without paying the mana cost. Hey, look, it's free. What happened? Yeah, could could you repeat those last five words of that sentence for me? Without paying their mana costs. You know, I I sense a trend. How could this have every single time happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even shocked. It's like, oh look, it's a red enchantment. It's probably bad. It does stuff for free. It's probably got a drawback. You can only do two free things a turn. Oh well. <laughs> uh, come on, you guys. So you want to yeah, bet in, in play testing this costs six? <laughs> so the other one is the agent of treachery which is a 7-mana 2-3, and when it enters the battlefield, gain control of target permanent. And at the beginning of your end step, if you don't control... No, wait. No, no, if you control. I can't read. If you control three or more permanents, you don't control. No, if you, you control... Own. Jesus Christ. If you control three or more permanents, you don't own. 
Draw three cards. There we go. Yeah, which to be clear, I think one of the major problems here is, uh, you know, usually usually anytime you see one of these stealing effects, it's uh, gain control of target blah, blah, blah until end of turn or until this leaves the battlefield. Yeah, it's not on here. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think this was supposed to be like a commander card. Yeah. I am 99% sure this was supposed to be a commander card. And which it was, you know, for a long time. And then uh, they, they printed Yorian. Uh, Yorian ooh. is the one that blinks your stuff. Yeah. So like, there's there's two things steal. going on here that make this inevitable. Like, the first one is the, like you said, no return clause, which is probably why they made it cost seven. But the second one is they made this an enters the battlefield trigger. And as opposed to, like, when you cast or when it's something else that, you know, only happens, like, once. Yep. Yeah. So this is sort of living in that wonderful world of, like, Swag Tusk, where we worded something funny and oops, and now it's broken. And as chat has pointed out, uh, it's also missing the words non-land. There's oh, wow, that. it is, isn't it? Look at that. Yeah. It's huh. like they wrote too much on it and had to start cutting things. And, like, oh, call seven, it's fine. Like... I remember having big expensive vampire from like Anistrad block who could steal a thing, but it was an activated ability. So it took two turns and then it died. Like they didn't build drawbacks into this beyond a mana cost. So anything that makes things cheap or free gets around that for the nature of how magic works and also have some more cards and then have some more cards and then have some more cards. By the way, more cards so yeah uh fires decks have a 55 percent win rate and have even or favorable matchups against each of the other top 10 archetypes which means that metagame forces alone aren't sufficient to keep the deck in check in other words if if it's the best deck and the other nine best decks don't have good game against it, then there's no none of that rock paper scissors thing that you need. Like the meta can't correct. Yeah. So they decided to just meh. and also because it makes things free. It's a how did they word it? A significant design and balance constraint. Sort of like when they banned birthing pod in modern. That was one of the things that they cited was whenever we print anything that says enters the battlefield, we have to take birthing pod into effect and that sucks. So we're just going to get rid of birthing pod in modern and it's the same thing. So they're just getting rid of fires of invention in uh, standard. And whenever they have a gimme that without a give it back, they're setting themselves up for the exact same problem. Yeah. And I, I still think it's funny that when we talked about this on the mana pool, Mike went, whew, I think this has a potential to be a real card. And I said, you mean what? Not just like a Mike card? He's like, no, I think this could actually be a real thing that we see in standard. And then we did. And now it's been banned at standard. So I sent Mike a message this morning. I'm like, dude, you were, you were way too right. <laughs> 
Uh oh, should I should I click on this link now or should I wait? Let's wait till we're done with this and then I'll click on that link. Yeah. Uh so yeah, Agents of Treachery is the other one, and it's uh It's because you it costs seven, but when it doesn't cost seven, it's just gimme that. And they they distinctly quote uh Luca Coppercoat Outcast which is the uh let's see here yeah yeah the the minus 2 ability on Luca can just barf it out onto the board and then Winota joiner of forces of course can just attack and barf the uh agent of treachery out on the board and any time that you're doing something that costs seven and gives you a massive board swing, and then I don't know, maybe blinking it later. Uh, uh... <laughs> I'm just imagining what this would be like if it was in the Resto Angel format, and it just being like, "Why are we here? What are we doing? What's wrong with us?" Just like a deck of blink effects. Here we go. Oh God! Like it's even in the right colors. It's just gross. That sounds awful. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they, so they've banned it because what the hell? <laughs> and if you ban a card in standard, you probably have to ban it in historic. Yeah, yeah. and I both of these cards, the Agents of Treachery and Fires of Invention, have been suspended in. Ah, I hit my knuckle on my desk have been suspended in historic, which it just means banned for now. Yeah. I don't know why they made up a new word. banned, but no refund. Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because heaven forbid you give people a couple of wild cards. So, yeah, it's, it's been banned for now in historic. Yep. Oh, wait, no, they do get them in. Oh, because it was banned in standard, they get the uh, wild cards anyway. Nice. So, that's that. not it. Weird. So, good. Um, Do we want to make note of the weird other thing going on, Fires of Invention being banned in standard, and the product that came out a month ago? Uh, oh, yeah. It, yeah, but, but not yet. Uh, okay. So this goes into effect in tabletop right now. It doesn't go into and on Magic Online. Just boom, right now. Uh, the rules update for companions won't go into effect on Magic Online until June third. And on Arena, none of this goes into effect until June fourth. I'm guessing that's because they've got to code that. Well, don't they uh, don't they push updates on? Let's see, the fourth. What is that? Thursday? Don't they do those on Thursdays? Uh, I don't know. I, I believe you. You tell me. Yeah. For arena, <laughs> I, I I think they do, and I only know that because on Twitter they announce when it when it's gone down and then when it comes back up. And I seem to remember that usually happening on like Thursdays. So I assume they just waited until the next. Uh, the next update that they were going to push out. I know, it seems like the last time there was something that affected it, it went into effect immediately. But I could be mistaken because I don't actually care. Yeah, but was it something that they could just alter on the back end without it affecting the client? 
Uh, probably, yeah. Which, like I said, I'm guessing it's because of the companion change that it's gonna take a few days. Yeah. Is, is my guess. That would make sense. Yeah. So, that's huge and massive and ridiculous. Ooh, ooh, after the update, also, you won't get Fires of Invention or Agent of Treachery in boosters anymore, unless you've already got all the other rares from each of their right. sets. So if you want them, you'll have to trade in wild cards for them, but I I can't imagine why you would do that. Yeah. Since you can't play them. I guess if it's strictly I, in an I have everything in the set collector level brain. I, yeah, I think my favorite thing about this, though, is the note about if you are playing a constructed event on MTG Arena and the event started before the June 4th game update, you can still complete that event with your deck if it includes these banned cards. You will get a flag telling you that your deck is invalid, but you already submitted it, so it's totally cool, and you can keep playing it, and it's fine. You just can't actually submit it to future events. That tells me that they don't have the infrastructure in place to enforce it properly, and they're just going to roll with it. Who knows? But there you go. That's the historic ban and restricted announcement. They... They straight up nerfed an entire mechanic because it's too good. Okay, Which... Clues, you're one step closer to banning blue. Yay! Taking right? First step. <laughs> oh, and Cap said that weirdly their scheduled maintenance is actually on the second. No idea. Oh. No idea. So Maybe the weekly tournaments happen on that cycle. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no, that's possible. I'm still guessing that it's got something to do with changing how Commander works, or Companion works. Maybe that's that's weird. Oh, and uh, it takes three days to roll out a change because of the new rules. Squee, do you want to mention the weird thing that's affected by this? Um, If we're ready now. Yeah, Yeah, and I apparently didn't open the damn link. Do Do you have it handy? Um, I put it in the notes. Oh, yeah, you put it in the Discord chat, didn't you? There it is. Oh, I put it in the Discord. No, yeah, no. Yeah, it, it's in the show notes. Well, I can't go to the show notes without that's oh, that's right. having yeah. to change stuff, so. Well, then, here, I'll yeah, put look it at the in product. the chat. Yeah, I got it. Cool. Oh, put it in the chat anyway. Okay, put it in the chat anyway. So, what we got here, Squee? What are we looking at? So, um, occasionally, Watsi puts out these, um, challenger decks which are meant to be like competitive level decks that you could buy and then go to a store and play with just fresh out the box they're full of standard legal cards they actually have their share of like mythics and stuff so it's not just theoretically like low rarity cards that are going to get completely chewed up and spit out um and the general idea is that you literally buy the box you open it you play with the cards in it and that's that um The whole thing about doing that with, you know, standard legal cards, though, is that all the cards in it have to be standard legal. And one of them, the Allied Fires deck, contains four copies of Fires of Invention. Um, Which is obviously not standard legal as of this banning. Um, Bonus points? 
in the past, the last time I could think of this happening was with Stoneforge Mystic. And they made a special ruling that if you played with the cards exactly in that deck and no substitutions, yep. you could still do that. They have not said that this time. Or at least if they have, it was nowhere that I could find it. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. The fact that we're not really doing a lot of in-person events might make it moot. I have no idea. But pay attention, I guess, because this could become a weird corner case. I mean, the Watsy that made that rule a long time ago is not the Watsy we have today. No, it, like, it is a, a hollowed-out husk. Yeah, the Watsy that we had back then cared about their customers being able yeah. to use their products for what they were designed for. The Watsy of today just cares that you bought the damn cards. So the Watsy event was also really, really distraught over the fact that they had to ban two cards in standard for the first time in like eight years. Uh, yeah, whereas <laughs> these days it's 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 set by set by set. Yeah, we yeah, are rolling like... Yu Gi Oh logic now. I don't remember us talking about these decks all that much at the time when they were announced, but there are a lot of rares in these things. Yeah, it's what they're, they're for. These are impressive. Yeah, yeah, because these are the, the challenger decks, so they're the ones that you can buy and take to an F&M. So they have to be sort of, kind of, somewhat competitive. The, okay, you said these were announced in February? Yeah. And came out in April? Yeah. Acknowledging the weirdness of how products chain works right now, I'm assuming it came out in April. The article that I linked to was from February with an April 3 launch date. I don't remember if they actually came out or not because a lot of things moved around. If they haven't come out at all, then okay, that's makes it easier, I guess. But I don't remember seeing anything about these getting delayed. So yeah, probably, probably they, these went out. But I uh, they went out. You can buy them on Amazon right now. Well, yeah, that's what I'm looking at or what I'm showing. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I couldn't see your screens. My apologies. So, hmm. Well, if it came out, I guess just be aware. Oh, um, given that the fires of innovation is in the name of the deck, I have no idea how easy it would be to get this and swap it out for something other viable. Um, just pay attention. Yeah, so this is, uh, yeah, she says right here, available April, available April 3rd, and this was on February. I think all we did was just mention that they existed and move on, because yeah. that's what we do. Yeah, so right, operating well, on the timeline where this came out on time, it did not quite make a month. Then let's move on. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, okay, Clues, what was this other thing that you dropped in the Twitch chat? Fossi Slows. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, it was related to the thing we started the show off with, but also related Oops. to Watsi. Can I, can I show this in an open image in new tab? Nope, that's not know, any better. Uh, yeah, no, Twitter that doesn't go. Wow, yeah, yeah that, that doesn't help at all. No, okay, well here, it's big enough to read. All right, so Watsi is doing the same thing that all the other brands are doing and dropping this we stand in solidarity with people. This 
you've been seeing this for days, and they're almost copy-pasted from brand to brand. I actually saw one that I think Brian Kibler tweeted that said, "A uh, this is a statement from brand. Mm-hmm. And that's the f- like the second one I saw. And I was like, that's cute. And every one I've seen since then is very much exactly this. It is super templated. But Although, yeah. uh, as was pointed out in a follow-up tweet that actually just happened with more late-breaking news. Actually, this one was like 16 minutes ago. So uh, a individual named Brandy Camel? 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 I'm going to say Camel. I don't, I don't actually know. Uh, This is something I and many other communication specialists and executives were working hard on putting together through the day. Speaking at company level at any company is like moving a hill. It is time-consuming and work meant to be done with great care. So that is a thousand. part of the reason that they all sound the same is because they're all up against the same, uh, let's call them constraints. They're up against the same constraints and getting people to sign off on language like this is always rough because everyone wants to be responsible. No one actually wants to be held responsible. Yeah. Um, And it's really rough. Things have to go through legal. Things have to go through PR. Things have to be signed off by a million people. Everyone who touches it wants to change something. So what you get at the end of the day is generally going to be almost identical to what everyone else is saying because it's safe. Exactly. Yeah. But the the key things here are to pay attention to what they're saying they're doing because that's still actions that are still good. Yeah. So so let's read this just for completion's sake. We stand in solidarity with those fighting racial injustice. We support those who are using their voices to affect systemic change, make their communities better places to live, and invest in the citizens and leaders of tomorrow. That's that's a little more safe than most of these that I've seen, actually, now that I read it. Hmm. Uh, Wizards of the Coast, this is the important bit. Wizards of the Coast will be making charitable donations to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, My Brother's Keeper Alliance, and Black Girls Code. We encourage those of you who can to donate, support, and engage with organizations, with your community, and with each other. So there you go. At least they did the the thing. Yeah. And have said that they will be making charitable donations to uh, charities that are related to the state of the world. So. And then below that, in a follow-up tweet, hashtag Black Lives Matter. So. Good job. That was, uh, wow, the follow-up tweet was nine minutes ago. Uh. <laughs> this was tweeted almost half an hour ago. But, you know, at least they... Um, they tweeted they this with it. Sprinkler, which means there's a good chance they made a mistake and someone caught it and then they added it. Um, Wait, say that again? They, they did this. They sent this tweet out using Sprinkler, which is like one of the software options oh. for tweeting, especially for businesses. It's very possible that they'd set this up with the hashtag, and then when they went to publish it, they just had the image publish. And then a little bit later, someone noticed and went, oh, my bad, and then added it. That could be. Um, So I I will give the benefit of a doubt on that, because Sprinkler is an amazing tool. It's still a tool. Sometimes it does dumb things. Yep. So, uh, yeah. That's... uh... 
like I said, at least they did the thing. There's also 20 minutes of people replying, asking them to add the hashtag. And so then they did. So that could also be a factor. Ah. Now that I'm scrolling down, there's a lot of people replying about the hashtag. So whether or not it was left off on accident, they definitely responded to that. Oh, yeah, there's... Yeah, there's... There's so many of those. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there, there's a lot. Well, they still did it. They did, That's yeah, it. yeah. So, I mean, this is... Not literally, but this is close to the least they could do. And they did. And uh, they're like I said, they're making donations, so the I'm all for it. there are plenty of people who don't is still a thing. Yeah. Uh, just in case you can't tell from the screen, Black Lives Matter. Look, I put it in the corner on this screen, too. It's true. It's down there. So, all right. That's good. Did you add that to the show notes, too? Clues? Uh, no, but I will. Okay, thank you. Because I'll forget by the time we get around to that. So, uh, this is now old news, but they they uh, did a thing where they said, what's next for Magic Esports 2020's partial season? And uh, essentially, they took a lot of prize money away. They don't say that, but... All the reactions that I saw were that they took a lot of prize money away. And, uh... This is also important. They they moved all players' tours to uh, Arena. And they said, With no way to anticipate a return to tabletop and in-person gatherings, deferrals to events in the future are not an option. Which upset a lot of people. Yeah, because so the players tour finals remember are or the players tour the re I forget the terminology these days the uh, but the, the 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 big events whatever that's the players tours are the smaller ones and then the the players tour finals are the bigger ones are the equivalent of pro tours and when you get the invite then you're essentially it's the same as going to a pro tour and they've just killed that completely and now you're on and on your couch yeah uh, now you're relying on your internet connection it, yeah and so uh, this upset a lot of people because sitting on your couch playing arena is not the same as going to a pro tour or it's really not players to final but the fact that if you have an invite if you qualified to go to a player's tour final and you would really like to just wait. You don't care how long it takes. Well, you can't. You have to play arena on your couch and shut up. Which is a real downer. <laughs> yeah, like... Like, to put it mildly, that's a real downer. Like, I, I understand what Wizards is thinking. Yeah. But one line at the end of one of these random paragraphs is really crappy. That's... Uh, so, there you go. Now, this is also... I I think... When, when is it? Uh, okay, so they're in June... 
and this was posted on May 20th. And the first one is the first player's tour is June 13th and 14th. So, like, to anyone no, that doesn't they, play they're, Arena, they're, they're, they're June 13th and June 13th. Yeah, it's because we're doubling everything now. What are we talking about? Okay, if you if you look at what I let me see if I can find your screen. Uh yeah, could you scroll down for me? Okay. Keep keep going. Yeah, keep oh, going. Oh, right here. There you go. There you go. Right there. Right there. Series two. They're on uh June thirteenth at uh midnight. And then June thirteenth at nine AM. No one's awesome. sleeping in today. I like that all of these up here say June thirteenth and fourteenth. June thirteenth and fourteenth. Yeah, I. I wonder. Do they if... Mean to do that anyway. I'm sorry, I derailed us. Let's let's get back to the point. No, that's important. But I'm sure anyone that is qualified and is going to be doing this is probably aware of when it starts. I hope. Adapt for time zone accordingly. I yeah. guess maybe that's what they were doing. Who knows? But uh. So yeah, this this was posted less than a month ahead of the first one. Now, if you don't play Magic Arena and you're qualified for one of these, what 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 do you do? You better learn Arena. Yeah, you better learn Arena and then build up a collection in a hurry because it's standard and you can't ju- and Arena's not like a thing that you can just Okay, I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, chat said throw four hundred dollars at Arena. Yeah, yep. for this, t- you can't borrow cards on Arena. You can't get sponsored and have someone hand you the deck you want. It you have to. Now they did. If I can find, yeah, they did. Eventually, after massive uproar, say that they will be providing fully stocked accounts for the player store events taking place in June, but not going forward. Fine. So if you, if, mm, <laughs> like, there are a lot of people that play tabletop magic competitively that don't play arena. Uh, I know that those of you who play arena are like, well, they should play arena. A lot of people don't like arena. I don't like arena. <laughs> I'm I, not I one of those like people. Playing but... magic when I'm not actually looking at a human being. That's part of the magic experience for me. I mean, I don't play much magic these days anyway, but when I did play more magic, the other human being was actually a pretty big factor. Yeah, and you'll see this This was posted on at 8.30 p.m. Uh, our time here in Eastern Time. So this well after this article went up. And they even say, we heard your very reasonable thoughts and are working to make things easier for players. So that wasn't the plan originally. There is no plan. There's only Zool. So, it... <sighs> oh, Cap said, reminder that Watsy's own statistics say you're expected to open at least 200 packs and use every single wild card you get to build a single tier one deck. That sounds expensive. That does. It really does. Actually. 
Um, but yeah, there there's a lot of money missing from the prize payouts. And uh, like I said, I don't know. They don't point out, hey, we've removed some prize money. People just looked at what was there and, and before and what's there yeah, now. They and don't went. tell us when they change those numbers. We usually have to find the old entries and compare. But you'll see that one of the responses here is nice. Now do the the three million U.S. dollars. So people qualified to get into events with a certain expectation, and now there's three to three million dollars less in the prize pool throughout the year than yeah what there was. So hmm, and just in case anyone's listening and curious, like we're not critical of the fact that they're not doing in-person events, obviously. No, by all means, don't do in-person events. I'm only clarifying it because at least one person somewhere is going to be like, well, what do they expect them to do? Like what I expect them to do is like, let people who qualify for these things, wait for the experience that they qualified for, even if it takes a year or at least give them the option of waiting, let them sit on their invite until a tournament can happen that matches the expectations of what they put their time and money and energy into qualifying for. And maybe, you know, adapting the prize to what they expected because they entered all of this with some assumptions that are not going to be met. And that sucks. So, yeah, they added in this... uh, uh, Will I be provided a fully stocked MTG Arena account to use in these events? And they said later yes (laughs) players competing in the player store finals and mythic invitational as well as mythic qualifiers and other online events will use their personal mtg arena accounts to compete but for the the four players tour events in june or however many there are in june we'll we'll give you one so that means if you do well in the players tour and spike it and win or get invited to the finals you still have to dump a bunch of money into Arena. Which, I would like to remind you, doesn't help any sort of independent card shop or anything. It goes, all that money goes straight to Wizards. They have found an amazing way to not have to deal with the secondary market. But, if... This whole thing is fishy. (laughs) It's obvious what the results are for them. And it's obvious what the results are for us. And it's not shifting in a direction that most people would be happy with. Correct. Regardless of intention, regardless of original plans, these are the outcomes. So. Oh. There you go. Here we go. Due to extenuating circumstances, I cannot participate in an event I'm qualified for. Can I defer or extend my invitation to another event in the future? Uh, let's see. No. Well, that was succinct. I mean, there's a whole paragraph here, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's all I, just a big no. Yeah, I, I imagine they don't want to have any of that lingering into the future. But, like, they're not even letting people defer to future... Yeah. ...esport events. Just, nope, use it or lose it, bruh. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Oh, look, here it is. Why was the prize money reduced from the 750000 originally advertised for the Mythic Invitational? 
and it's uh, they just said we have to reassess all our events or all our event details, including prizes. So it's not actually an answer to why, just we changed it, which like we know. These changes <laughs> enable us to add the additional 2020 season grand finals as an exclusive event for top finishing players from the Players Tour Finals and Mythic Invitational. So they reallocated prizes to get themselves another event? I, I guess. Um, glad I haven't invested in qualifying for any of this. Right? So, like, we took away, if the, the math adds up, yeah. It what they're saying is we took away from all of these other tournaments so that we could have one more for just the tippy top at the end. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, sorry all you scrubs who didn't quite make it. No money for you. Okay, right, yeah. Lots of ease. I don't want to add too much editorial to this, but it's a bad look. It's a bad look. It's certainly not a good look. Like, in the realm of PR, they have not exactly been playing the right sport. Like, they walked into a batting cage with a tennis racket, and they broke the tennis racket, and I'm pretty confident the machine is still shooting balls at them. Like, this is bad. (laughs) Now, I'd like to remind you that uh, this went up on May 20th, right? Yeah. And the very first thing happens June 13th. Yes. Okay. So that's three weeks? Uh, About. Well, because... Yeah, like, for those of you who are going to keep track of when that date is, that that's next weekend from now. So that's time. Uh, to, no, today's the first. Yeah, next weekend, not the coming weekend. See, that's where regional language things... Yeah, I was going to say, here's where language starts to fall down. So it's it's just under two weeks from right now. Sure. Right. Holy crap, Gothic just threw 1,500 bits just out of the blue. Thanks, buddy. Holy crap. So, uh, wow, that, that threw me off. Okay, so yeah, like I said, May 20th, right? Okay. And then... So three weeks from the announcement is when the first big event is. If you don't play arena or have a computer, get on it. Hurry up. Are you are you done yet? Now, uh, speaking also of bad PR, uh, a week before that announcement, uh, oh god, I don't I don't know his real name off the top of my head, Austin. Uh, who is on is the Twitter account MTGHOFBot tweeted out PSA uh, the RPT2 which I don't even know what that stands for uh, but it says uh, is Austin Bursevich I, I think that based on his uh, email address I guess that's right yeah. but uh, he said RPT2 well, I'm guessing is regional players tour that's probably what that means yeah, I believe so is slated for mid-June. Yeah, like in five weeks. It will be on Arena, all standard, of course. This announcement is planned to drop next Tuesday. Which, uh, hang on, scroll up. It actually dropped next Wednesday. Yay. So, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there will be some serious prize cuts and no mentions of future invites and fractionals, etc. 
though some of that was in the uh, the fractionals, especially I know we're in the uh, announcement. He goes on to say, I've not seen the announcement myself. This is only what I heard. It came from the elite players who tried to do the right thing. Rivals slash MPL, that's the Rivals League and the Magic Pro League, were given these details around five days ago and were told the announcement will drop May 19th. It was May 20th. Reminder, this is the 13th. This is a full week yeah. ahead of that. As you know, they have strict contracts. They're put in a really tough spot. Wizards is allowing them to have a hand in organized play decisions, which is great. He said that. Unfortunately, Watsy is seemingly incompetent. <laughs> I mean, that could be a show title. And repeatedly granting massive competitive advantage to the league members while contracts sort of hold them back. I'm sharing this because it's the right thing to do. The elites getting a two week jump on that info. That the Players Tour is in five to six weeks on Arena and is all standard is a massive oversight. But as you know, Watsi don't seem to have a spot on their priorities for competitive integrity at the moment. I'm just reading his tweets. Unfortunately, Watsi has been struggling to consult league members while also working to minimize any competitive advantage. Because of these leaks, the right thing to do, they decided to punish the leagues and end the Discord communication with them. Embarrassing. Please share this with anyone you know that's qualified for RPT2. An Arena PT is a huge change for many. You may need to get a new computer or even start building your collection. You have five weeks. There's some small chance they change things, but it seemed locked in. And he goes on to say, One last shout out to all the league players doing the right thing. We know you're in a tough spot. We appreciate all of you fighting for fair competitive play. As for me, I'll always fight for the voiceless competitors out there. See you in the Arena Streets. I guess. So, people in one of the uh, Rivals League or the MPL, we don't know who, and honestly, I don't want to know who, saw that they were getting this information ahead of time and sort of quietly shared it with other people who were qualified. Austin here said, what the hell? And just made it public. Uh, Watsy contacted him and asked, where'd you get this? I'm a little fuzzy on the timeline here. Watson contacted Austin and said, Hey, where'd you get this? And he went, I'm not going to tell you. And they banned him from Tabletop, Arena, and Magic Online. Indefinitely, if I'm not mistaken. I have no idea. I, I couldn't find proper information about that, but this is the source of it. So uh, I do know that he, he, he was banned from Magic for doing the right thing? Question mark? Now, granted, he was sort of ah, flipping off uh, Watsy during this, but let's be real, Watsy really does deserve some flip-offing. Well, it's also not a bannable offense to flip off Watsy on Twitter or no one oh. gets to play Magic again. Uh, uh, yes, from his own Twitter account, uh, dated May the 31st, 6 p.m. It's been over a week since getting banned indefinitely. Ah, well, there you go. He has appealed, but has not yet heard anything. Okay. Where, uh... Would you like a link to that? I'm lo- when, what, what was the, uh, the date on that? Uh, May the 31st. Oh, I scrolled too far. Oh, yeah, here we go. So, uh, 
Yeah. Now, he did share confidential information. But he shared confidential information that wasn't... That he wasn't under contract to yeah, not share. Like, if someone in... Clearly someone in the league shared confidential information, and it could be a, term, a violation of their contract. But if Watsy doesn't know who did that, then that doesn't matter. And he's not obligated to answer that question when Watsy asks it. Yeah, no. Like, mind you, he also has no innate right to not be manned in magic, so they can do what they want. It just looks really bad and petty. Um, yeah, to, to be clear, they can do this. They yes, they can they ban anyone anyway. for whatever they want. But when yeah, they yeah. ban people for stupid-ass reasons, it's up to us to point that shit out. Yeah, and yes, I have given up on no swearing on Monday Night Magic for this episode. Because otherwise, I'm going to do the curl up into a ball on the couch and try not to cry yeah. thing. Like, this is very much <laughs> one of those cases of, you're going to tell us or we're going to ban you. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Well, now you're banned. Like, okay, well, this is what happened. It's all out there in the public. Also, by the way, you know, still super sketch in the first place, giving some people a massive lead on this information. Like, that's awful. And that should never have happened. And banning the person who tells everyone that you're doing something bad just makes you look more like a villain than you already did. Yes. See, also, recent events in our own country here in the United States. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a bad look. It's a bad play. It undermines any faith in the integrity of events that they run. Like, inside information, bad. <laughs> and these are people that are given this information in advance who can't tell anyone because contract. But, like, also, they're employed by Watsy, <laughs> technically, aren't they? Like, isn't that what the contract does? Uh, like, I have... It doesn't make them an employee, but they're under contract with Watsy. Yeah, there you go. So, like, getting that information from someone who is paying you for an event is so sketchy <laughs> on so many levels. Um, now, uh, good lord, I don't know. Ah, here it is. So, Eric Froelich, who is, if I remember correctly, in the MPL believe so uh had a massive massive uh response to all of this where he he claimed that uh it's not actually a competitive advantage and you know watsy's running things by us to try to make sure and they have to finalize i read all this when it was new but this was from uh the 27th and like a month has passed since then here in the united states so uh i no offense to efro but i don't care what he thinks given that he's one of the people that had the inside information he's not in a position to weigh in on this without being seen as biased so (laughs) i i will throw a link to this uh in uh, in the show notes for anyone that want well i'll throw a link to his tweet to anyone that wants to see it but like 
he does make some good points. I'm not saying that he's, you know, a bad guy or anything. But, like... It, it, it sort of read like a, a much less intense version of, but why all the looting? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like, this is kind of one of those things to me where certain people can weigh in on topics and they can make it good points, but the points are still coming from someone with certain associations and that's going to filter the way that what they say is interpreted. And anyone who tells me that advanced information is not an advantage makes me ask, then why didn't they just tell everyone at the same time? Like, what incentive at all did they have for not telling everyone at the same time? Yeah. Like, there's zero scenario where if it means nothing, they would wait. And if it means something... It's okay that they made some people wait. Like, there's not a good interpretation of this. Like, I can yeah. definitely see this being something that they talked about internally, and they're like, okay, well, we'll do that, and then we'll, you know, announce it, and they just didn't think about it. But two weeks is a long time to not think about it. And also, like, they obviously decided when they were making an announcement, and they also clearly were upset that this got out because they reacted to someone else for getting it out. So they knew it was a big deal. They knew how it looked. This is just what happened. And again, real bad look, regardless of intentions, regardless of step-by-step decisions, maybe escalating into something no one planned from the beginning. It's ultimately a really bad look and doubling down on the person who brought light to it rather than fixing it is the worst look. So absolutely horrible PR absolutely undermining a lot of the credibility that they built up over a long period of time also and I'm not did. seeing him in the Magic Pro League is he in um is he in the Spencer Rivals League Rivals. Jay Spencer's just said Rivals League in the chat but I don't know yeah I can never find these things on the website I don't see a, li- a link to who's in the Rivals League at all and in fact here let me let me show you what I'm looking at here I find Magic Pro League and I see eight people, and there's not a show more. None of this is a link. I don't... It's it's like they're crap at websites. I mean, that's definitely true. Like? Oh, he was in season one of the MPL, but got demoted to Rivals. Okay, got it. But you'll notice there... Okay, wait, Lee? Ah, here we go. It's up at the top. Yeah, there he is. Okay, so, sorry, he's in the Rivals League, not the MPL, but that still means he knew. So, all my points are still valid. You were aware. So, okay, let's move on to something that's less awful. Never mind, it's a new product. (laughs) I feel like that could also be the title of several shows. (laughs) Right. Let's move on to something less awful. Never mind, it's a new product. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, after only, if I remember correctly, just under a year and a half, remember they said they were doing away with uh, the Masters products for the foreseeable future? Didn't take long. Mm. Uh, they've announced double Masters. And because they're really cute, they had two separate articles to announce it twice. But, yes. which, you know, in, in different times would have been kind of funny. In different times, it actually would have been kind of funny, but 
since my entire faith in Wizards of the Coast as a company has been continually kicked in the balls for like the last rest, the entire year of 2020 and probably a good chunk before, but 2020 has now lasted for three years. Uh, It was just, I just rolled my eyes real hard. But yeah, Double Masters is a new Masters product, and it's it's gonna have uh, fifteen card booster packs, but it'll have two rares and two foils per pack. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got Doubling Season and Blightsteel Colossus are the two previews, and there are a handful of other cards that they've shown. But oh, and uh, if you're listening to this show, this product is probably not meant for you. I mean, it just, just so you know, as we yeah, go deeper on this, you'll see it, it, it might, it might be for you, but I, I bet the next thing we're going to talk about isn't, but, uh, Oh, the next thing definitely isn't. So yeah, if you, if you buy a booster box, you get two non-foil borderless showcase box topper cards and, but a booster box is only 24 packs. It's, uh, it's 332 cards in, in the set. And yeah. There you go. New Master Set. All mm. right. We'd love to tell you what it actually costs, but uh, Watsy doesn't do MSRP. So. Yeah. They'll be on Magic Online for $7 per booster, but. Uh... Early, early indications based on uh, a single set of listings that were on i think amazon it was amazon yeah that that would come up and i don't think they're still up anymore yeah Uh, of course not but but they were uh early indications suggest that this product may be like four hundred dollars for a booster box so if we take 400 and divide it by what did i just say 24 packs 24 packs 24 packs that's uh 16 dollars and 67 cents per booster and somebody yeah. just followed and i didn't catch the name it's uh mind of a kid hey you'll fit right in hey. here with us <laughs> hey that's that's us nice that, that's more than two booster packs it is yeah so yeah now we don't double. know what's going to be in this set completely yet like those they may be this may be the best magic set ever conceived of by humankind we don't know yet what we do know, it's probably going to be really expensive. Seems likely. Big surprise. Most of the time when people buy a booster pack, the first 10 cards don't matter. Yeah. So you're buying two booster packs for more than twice the price. You're not even down to contact rates. Yeah, because it's got it's got two rares and two <laughs> foils. Which, I understood that reference. Means, <laughs> which means that you could have you could have two two mythics and two foil mythics in your pack, and they may each be worth a dollar a piece. <sighs> I'm, so, I'm still hung up on the contact rates. Like that, that was that was really good. <laughs> oh, I need to watch Contact again. I remember really digging that movie, but I never saw it again. It is one of my favorite movie trailers of all time. Um, yeah, Contact is great. That's weird. Yeah. Like, uh, why buy one when you can buy two for twice the price? That's right. The moment when my brain stopped working for four minutes of the movie looking for a deeper meaning that wasn't there. Yeah. Was that John Hurt, by the way? 
Uh, I, so. I believe it was, yeah. God, I love John Hurt. Is John Hurt okay? Has 2020 checked on John Hurt? Oh, I, Somebody I thought, distract 2020 away from John Hurt. I thought John he Hurt died. Did he? he died a while Am I ago. Wrong? Yeah, he I died he in 2017. Yeah. Oh, now I'm sad. Oh, he did. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't, don't be sad. He missed all of this. That is true, yeah. He got to go out being one of the doctors. So that's neat. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So that's yeah. That's that's Double Masters. Whatever. Okay. Then it gets. Then it gets bad. So on this baller. this site, EpicStream.com, which had and this has never been oh. announced by Watsy properly, oh. as far as oh. I know. Hold on, hold on. What are we holding? Uh, in in the original announcement for this, uh, where's the thing where they actually okay. Uh, and in keeping in the spirit of the doubling experience, we're, we are replacing collector boosters with something we're calling VIP edition for this product only. Carry on. Yeah. So already collector boosters, you know, the overpriced things that have maybe not overpriced, but the more expensive things that have some shiny and alternate art stuff. You know, I opened uh, several right here on the show and they're not worth it, but, but then <laughs> opening boosters yeah. rarely are. So, you know, they fit right into the, the usual, not worth it to just open boosters. Uh, but yeah, when they announced that the already expensive collector boosters were being replaced with something called VIP edition, I, f- I face palmed so hard. I left a mark. Uh, and then, Okay, when was this? This was the 21st. Yeah, on the 29th, this website, epicstream.com. Like I said, as far as I know, this has not been announced by Watsy at all. Uh, It said that the... uh, uh, Another site recently listed the the Double Masters VIP edition. According to its product description, each box comes with four packs. And it will cost you a whopping... $370 $370 with its original listed price at $480. At around $370, that's about $90 per pack. And here's a screenshot of uh, what it said. The webpage also reveals what each pack of the VIP edition Double Masters includes. And it's 21 premium cards, 10 full art basic lands, 2 full art premium lands... And two tokens. So, what? Why buy one when you can buy two for 19 times the price? (laughs) 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 What is this nonsense? (laughs) This is just so fundamentally absurd. I can't even be mad at it. So, yeah, we're looking at... Uh, Now, this, this, all, all this information comes from... Uh, game nerds with a z.com who listed all this now granted i i don't know who game nerds.com is or Epic they were founded in the 90s and sell candy to gamers oh look it's still up oh yeah yeah oh you're out of stock well somebody bought you <laughs> oh dude free shipping nice <laughs> yeah so if this is correct, 
that means we've got $90 boosters. No, it is a bigger booster. There's more stuff in it, but... Oh, man. St. Seigal threw 100 bits and said, you save $109. All right. See, right right there, you save $109.99. Sure. <laughs> Uh, I'm really glad that their expected price is nearly $500. Good thing they saved us a bit. Yeah. Hey, Chewie, I get to choose between this and a giant diva statue. (laughs) That is, like, massive and weighs, like, a million pounds. Yeah, I bet I know which way you go on that. uh, Neither. I know, I know that uh, you aren't a uh, an avid follower of the professor at uh, Tolarian Community College, but he had Correct. a video talking about double masters, and in it he pointed out that for the same price as buying either, and I think at the time he was just talking about regular double masters. I don't think the VIP stuff had been announced. I don't yet. think it had. No, for the same price as buying a booster box of double masters, you could buy a Nintendo Switch and Breath of the Wild and play it for 200 hours. Correct. You'd, you'd probably still be ahead. Yeah. Well, if you could buy a Nintendo Switch, good for you. That's really hard right now. But still, yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know how else to react to that. It's just like, okay. <laughs> so, Watsi, ever since the introduction of Secret Layers... I have been really, really down on them. And that's because Secret Layers, and especially at the rate that they were originally being dropped, which is... And the very little notice that people were getting. uh, More on that in a minute. um, It is really... It, it was throwing up red flags, but I, I couldn't... It wasn't just, oh, look, stuff's expensive. It, it was, it's really been bugging me, and uh, I finally figured out what it was. I was watching uh, an episode, an old episode of the Jimquisition that Jim Sterling does, and it was about loot boxes and mobile games and how they intentionally do what's called whale hunting and prey yeah. on people that have uh, like gambling and or shopping addictions. Now, I'm not saying... I did think of you, actually, while I was watching oh, yeah, that, totally, Bill. Totally, yeah. But, like, while, while I was watching the, uh, this... And this is from, I don't know, a few years ago, I think, that mm-hmm. uh, Jim Sterling made this video. It clicked. Because he was showing footage from some sort of, like, mobile gaming expo panel where a dude was giving a talk on how to wring money out of your customers and it read like a crack dealer and he even said at the beginning this the person giving this uh talk that we're just gonna leave the ethics out for right now we can discuss that later if you like because he knows it's not ethical but this is how you suck money out of your players and it was things like short notice and uh, times, you know, limited time uh, offers and recommending uh, a cost that's too much here so that later when it's this much, 
people go, oh, that's a good deal, even though it's it's not. Yeah, yeah that, that phenomenon is called anchoring, and it's why anytime you try and buy a car, they want you to come up with a number first. Because whatever the first number you hear is, you're going to be stuck with that number. And if it's above and or below that, you always compare it to that number. It's true. And it works. Oh, yeah. It totally, completely works. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's what... Like, that's when it clicked. Watsy's business model has turned into a really shady mobile game developer. Uh, tactics. So... Like, Secret drops are announced with, like, very little notice, and they're available for 24 hours. So buy it now, buy it now, buy it now, buy it now! Or you miss it forever. Or you miss it forever. Even though you don't. Because it's going back into the Disney vault. They're going to be on the freaking... When you've curated an audience of people that want to have everything, you've set them up for this. Now, do you guys remember way back in the before times of september of 2016 when we had very different problems um no a guy really don't yeah a a guy wrote a really long um manifesto on the unfortunate implications of the future of gaming based on concepts of whales and skinning and all of that stuff skinnerware all those things premium games whatever his name was richard garfield he probably has opinions about this um I can't imagine Richard Garfield is very happy with the end result of Magic the Gathering at this point in time. Not that he will ever say that. Wow. But... Now, some some other things I want to talk about while we're here talking about this product, because why not? Um, it's absolutely clear that this product, the, the VIP edition in particular, is not meant for us. It is totally not meant for us at all. And on the one hand, that is totally okay. It is fine for Watsy to have products that are not aimed at us. That's okay. But at the same time, my God, just how high can this go? It's. I mean, I, I could argue. Thing... No, go ahead. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that I would argue that crystal meth is not meant for me. And that's okay. But I also don't want other people to get crystal meth. And I definitely don't want people to make money selling crystal meth. Because yeah. outside of a plot device for a good TV show, nothing good has ever come from Crystal Math. Certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, the thing that it reminds me the most of, um, so in, in my spare time, when, uh, uh, when I'm not, you know, otherwise occupied, um, one of the things I enjoy is whiskey, uh, specifically bourbons. I tend to like bourbons, don't like scotch. Not a scotch drinker, that's fine. If you like scotch, enjoy. Go, go for it. You don't need to convert me. It, it's fine. More for you. There is... A, a, a bourbon whiskey called uh, Pappy Van Winkle. And if anyone out there is a whiskey drinker, they know what I'm talking about here. Uh, it is extremely rare and shockingly expensive, right? So like, you know, most people when they're thinking about, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna pick up an, a nice bourbon, something that I'm going to savor and share. They're thinking like, I don't know, $50, $60 a bottle, maybe a little more than that if it's something, you know, rare or imported. Pappy Van Winkle goes for hundreds to thousands of dollars a bottle for a thing that you drink. Does it not turn into pee? No, no, no. I'm pretty sure that the end result is the same. Oh, man, that's really expensive proto-pee. 
Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that when I first became aware that Pappy Van Winkle existed, I'm like, oh man, I really want to try that. Cause I mean, it's so rare and so hard to find and hard to track down. And the longer it's gone on, the more I've thought to myself, why would I waste my money on that? That is not for that same money. Do you have any idea how much like normal bourbon I could buy for that? Well, here's another case for that same like $400. You could buy like four boxes of anything else draft to your heart's content. And those would be boxes with 36 packs in them. Yeah. You would still be buying magic. You would still be playing magic. You would still be doing magic things with other products that are presumably also good. Um, yeah, uh, really and truly high-end fancy magic products exist entirely for showing off how much more money you could spend on magic than the next person. And unfortunately, how much money you can spend on magic does not mean you have a lot of money. It just means you're willing to give up more than the next person or put yourself into other bad situations. And like humans are making choices. Obviously they're not making you buy a thing, but they're using very deceptive and manipulative tactics to get what they want, which is your money. Um, but again, the argument of it's not for you, technically true, uh, but it doesn't mean that should be the end of the discussion. Yeah. The whole, but I did want to acknowledge it while we were here. Like ever since these announcements happened, that whole, it's not for you thing has been thrown around a lot. And I don't think that's what it's supposed to mean. No. Like it's not for you was originally for like the commander decks for the legacy players. Like, like, well, Hey, like the fact, you remember when, uh, like legacy adventures players complained that, uh, the, the commander land, was legal but literally didn't do anything and so the response was well then don't put it in your deck you idiot i've I've been a very big proponent of the idea that magic is an amazing game with a bunch of game modes and a bunch of rules and a bunch of like groupings of allowed cards that allow the same pieces to be used for different things and some are going to be better than others in certain circumstances i am very happy that the people that say want to play with silver bordered cards get those because silver bordered cards are not for everyone they're for people who want to do weird goofy stuff in the middle those are not for me i despise unsets but i'm not i'm not decrying that they print them no i hope i hope everyone understands the difference (laughs) yeah that's why i bring it up like it's it's obviously a product that has a subset of the people who play magic in mind and they're really happy to get it um they're also not spending a fortune to get it uh even if they want the pretty lands like it's not rolling out at a ridiculously inflated price and preying on the psychology that is i have to have everything yeah like even even our beloved clues clues how much magic have you played in the last year i think i played a commander game Maybe two Commander games. And how many like of the secret layers have you bought? Uh, you know, I was actually just thinking about this. Um, I bought the Thalia one. Yeah. I bought the the Goblins the one. Goblins one, yeah. Because I, I felt compelled to. 
and I bought the rats one because my wife has a rats commander deck and it was perfectly mm -hmm. suited for that. Nice. And that's it. Yeah. But did you hear how he worded it? Because he felt compelled to. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the idea of the like quick niche products that only really appeal to people who have certain circumstances that work for them like that. I don't understand why these products have to only be up for a day for any reason other than getting people to impulsively make bad financial choices. Yeah, that is literally that, um, the reason. There I, have I been points in time yeah. where we have dual decks or pre-constructed decks or theme decks or whatever kind of description we want to give this package where you could go and buy a thing and have like until the stock runs out, which for most of them was like six months. You'd get opportunities to wait till payday or think about it or whatever. But, like, if you find out about, hey, something's coming out this weekend, we'll tell you what it is on Friday, and then you'll be able to buy it on Friday. Well, like, I hope you have the money for it if it's what you want. Otherwise, you're reaching for the credit card or you're not getting it. So it's a whole bunch of bad feelings of I spent money I shouldn't have spent or, yay, it worked out and everything's perfect or I can't have it. And those are all just bad. Um, and yeah. I, I do want to say that everything that we have said so far is an acknowledgement that people make their own choices. Wizards makes their own choices. Wizards found a way to make money as a company. And as a business, their job is to make money. Um, the reason we're taking, or at least the reason I'm taking so much issue with this. And I think they'll agree with me is that for a very long period of time, we have viewed wizards as people that have some concept of ethics and not just a company out to make money. And they've done a lot of good things over the years to reinforce that image that makes us give them the benefit of a doubt when they start doing stuff that looks stupid, like maybe they didn't think this through, or maybe we're misunderstanding something, or maybe there's something else going on. And they have so heavily burned through all of that goodwill now that I don't want to give them benefit of a doubt for much of anything. No, And that sucks because like we're spending hours of our week trying to talk about the product that they make and we're also you know have all to some extent built this into our identity as people so we're really upset that someone that we've given some degree of trust has decided that human beings can totally be screwed over if it means getting short-term money and that's what it is it's not just here's a product and you can buy it it's we are going to manipulate you into buying this with no regards for the ethical ramifications of what we're doing so long as we get paid. And yeah. whether that's Watsi or Hasbro or Gleemax under the basement doing all of this, it doesn't matter. That's the end result. And this is just bad and irresponsible. And so if we need to start treating them like a heartless corporation, well, they've given us a reason to, and we don't cut heartless corporations slack. I personally have cr already crossed that line when it comes to Wizards of the Coast, in case you haven't been able to tell just from this episode alone. Yeah. Now, it, it's like they looked at the, the trends from uh, the, the, the AAA game publishers and went, I bet that'll work for us, too. Like, <sighs> releasing... So, AAA game publishers over the last several years have moved towards live services where they can't just release a game that's a game that's complete. They have to have... First, they have two or three or four different versions of the game that you could buy, each one that's more expensive than the last. <laughs> VIP edition. 
uh, and then it's broken because it's not finished and they have to patch it. Oh, standard bands, Oko, Companions. And then they want to sell you DLC that years ago would have just been it just been part of the game. I'm always going to remember the characters in so many Bioware games that were clearly meant to be in the main game, but shifted to optional so that they could either be day one downloads or bought separately. And it's very clearly just, we cut these things out of the main game so we could make back more of the cost. Of yeah. The so we could charge you more. Yeah. And, and like, what's like Bioware, but that's what they did. Like, like, like what's he's going in, in that direction and I haven't bought for myself a AAA video game in I don't know how many years because I see all that and I'm like, I'm not giving you people money. Like, yeah. and, and it's awful. Except for maybe Overwatch. I guess that, does that count? I think that, I think Blizzard is AAA. Um, it's AAA, but Blizzard is not selling you additional gameplay. That is true. They're not. I mean, they still have all the problems with loot boxes. But they're not doing anything that changes your game experience beyond aesthetics. That is true. So we'll see if that changes when we get Overwatch 2. So as bad as Blizzard is, they're still not as bad as EA or, for God's sake, Bethesda or freaking Ubisoft, you know. But like... Yeah, their problems are gambling. Their problems are not this. A a thing that Jim Sterling says is that his problem with... uh, the AAA game developers, is not that they're trying to make money. It's that they're trying to make all the money. Yeah. And that's where Wizards is going. And they, that bugs me. They're trying like, to milk the entire cow. Like, yeah. Not just the part that makes milk. But, like, what if we can grind up these other parts and get milk? Let's try. And, like, Let's the running theory that we have been kicking around is that because... Every quarterly report, we see that uh, Hasbro is losing money on freaking everything, except for Magic! Wizards of the Coast with Magic the Gathering has been such a financial intake that the company is floating on them. Um, They have so many bad assets, if you look at these reports. Like, we look at them, we share links with you, you can find them in the old show notes. They're losing money left and right because so many of their products are just not working anymore. Like... You know all the things that Hasbro makes. They make a ton of children's toys, which are not selling better. They've not continued to roll in that money. A lot of their brand stuff is not working out right now. Like, in the years when they don't release Transformers movies, I don't think they're making a lot of Transformers money. Like, there's just a bunch of stuff going on. And... And, But Magic makes enough to counteract all of those losses. Like, they post overall good numbers, but when you look at the breakdown, like, Magic the Gathering being the print money game, and we'll get back to that in a moment, um, keeps them going. And so it's very clear that the company is probably leaning heavy to keep that money faucet going before they have to deal with the consequences of the rest of their company sucking. But you can't do that forever. That is not sustainable. That it's not sustainable in any business. Yeah, and as as Cap just pointed out in the chat, like you can't make twenty percent more than you made last year every single year. You're gonna hit a cap eventually. Yeah, but it's completely unsustainable growth. And they start because... been coming out more product every year. 
But because they know that magic nerds will just give them money for anything, they they're like, all right, let's let's milk these suckers, and they're doing it. Now again, we don't know if it's Watsy brass or if it's Hasbro brass or if it's Gleamax in the basement, as uh, Squee said. But like, this this has to level out at some point, or they're because they're burning up all the goodwill. No, like they've spent so long making good choices, and I. I mean, we've seen how they've swapped out leadership at various points in time. And since they shifted over to the leadership that wants to make essentially arena and esports and all of that stuff happen, like credit were due, arena did happen. It did come out. It is apparently a really neat game that a lot of people enjoy playing. It is magic flavor Hearthstone and all of these things that they said they clearly wanted, but didn't say, um, we get all that, but like all of the bad habits of those industries have come with it. And I'm firmly of the belief at this point in time that they have acknowledged on some level that paper magic will not be forever. And that means that if they want to have the paper magic cow, they're going to have to get all the milk they can out of it before they butcher it. And I just, I feel like that's what they're doing with paper. Like, I think they're going to keep making paper, but I don't think it's going to be a tournament thing. I think it's going to very much shift the way the finances work. And they just want to get in on that and have a party. Yeah. But. And we don't have links to it, but Mark Rosewater, God bless him, is trying so hard to defend all their decisions. Like, he actually said... In, on Twitter, in response to various things, I think it was mostly the professor, that the what reprints can go in products is based entirely on the price point of that product. Meaning... I, I don't know that he used the words entirely, but it, it was an admission that the price of the product dictates... Okay, I added the word entirely, but that doesn't change yeah. the sentence. Yeah. Uh, sure. He said he said multiple times the price point of a product dictates what reprints can go in it. Meaning he just acknowledged the secondary market. And that sounds like it's really obvious because we all know that. But the thing that you have to remember is that they can't acknowledge the secondary market. Because if they do, then they're kind of acknowledging that they print money that people then essentially gamble to get. Yeah. Once they're acknowledging that they're random, random contained objects, you know, their packs with random things in them have differing values, then they're acknowledging there's a chance you will gain or lose money when you buy and open them, which means you're now selling lottery tickets to children. Pretty much. And they can't do that. But he just kind of did. Yeah. And obviously, like, he's not rolling out, like, with the press box and telling us, we are selling you like lottery tickets, but that is the end result of that. And like, he backed himself into a corner hard on this one, but he kept trying to dig out. And like, when you're in a hole, the shovel is not going to get you out. Um, yeah. And so that's all bad, but like the really heavy doubling down on the fact that they acknowledge that when they print things, the secondary market values of stuff goes up and down is, a whole world of issues 
Yeah. Considering, so, yeah. You remember all those complaints about barrier to entry a few years ago, and people were like, well, why don't they just print the fetch lands as the thing that everyone won't shut the hell up about these days? Why don't they just print the fetch lands in a thing, whatever that thing is, that's affordable, and just get it out there? And that's because they can't. Because anytime that they're going to reprint something that's that valuable, the thing that they're reprinting it in has to be expensive. Yeah, there's, aside from the reserve list, which again, their own policy, not even like legal, but like, aside from the reserve list, they could literally print whatever cards they want at very low prices because the mechanics are the same and get them out in the world. And then everyone could have all of these cards and everyone could be super happy except the finance bros, but we hate them. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, but like they could do that. And then there would be no super crazy barrier entry for old formats. Like you don't need to print everything, everything, but if they just did a series of them, kind of like when they were adding legacy cards to magic online, where they were like the original, like, you know, master sets, but you didn't charge a fortune for them. And they were just like, here you go. Here's all these cards. You could play with them. Then the legacy scene would thrive a lot better. I imagine like people could get cards without spending a fortune. It'd be a lot easier to get people into it. Like wizards doesn't sell these products on the secondary market. Like it doesn't really affect them, but on the same note, they know that, if they decide to put fetches in a set, then that set's going to sell. It's, it is. And so that's really where they get their money out of it. So they're not just going to do that everywhere. But like the only reason that works is because we all know what the secondary market is. Um, I don't know. Like I, Rosewater messed up when he said that. Like He did. Everyone can know that this is what it is. But once you say it, you can't unsay it. And there's now, a bunch of legal crap that he very well could have stepped in. But that's not something that I'm qualified to really weigh in on. Something else I think we have to be cognizant of whenever we have these sorts of discussions. Uh, because, I mean, a, a lot of things get thrown about and a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of hyperbole occurs. Um, but be aware that you don't really want the secondary market to crash. Not completely. Right. I mean, because that's a thing they could do. They, that Wati could wake up tomorrow and go, you know what? Everybody does need fetch lands. What if we sold a booster pack that it contained 15 fetch lands? And the only thing random is you don't know which fetch lands you're getting. And we'll just sell those at, I don't know, two bucks a pack. Oh, they dude, could do that. <laughs> they could totally do that. 15 fetch the lands problem is, if you think about. Uh, and I'm, I'm referring back to the before times here because we don't really know what the future is going to look like. So all we have to go on is the past, which is why you should actually study history. Uh, if we look back at uh, Channel Fireball and Star City Games and all those folks who run tournaments, because let's be clear, WotC doesn't really run tournaments. Other companies do it on their behalf, essentially. The whole reason that Star City Games had tournaments was so that they could go around and buy cards from people at those tournaments so that they could sell cards to people at those tournaments. They were not making money on the tournament itself. They were making money over at the vendor's table where they were buying collections and where they were selling singles. Yeah, the and if tournament you crash that market overnight... I'm sorry? Yeah, the tournament was just there to cover the rental of the space. Yeah. 
and to drive demand. If you, cr- if you crash the entire secondary market overnight because you no longer have any faith in what the price of this is going to be, that's a problem. The tournaments go away. Now, at this point, the tournaments have gone away anyway, but that's that's uh, uh, different extenuating circumstances. Now, you can say, oh, but the market was volatile. There were, there were cards that would just shoot up in price or cards that would tank in price. Yeah, individual cards would do that, but they happened. Uh, I'm going to describe it as organically. They they happened as the, the system changed slowly over time. It took us 20 years to get to where we are now. Watsy cannot undermine the entire thing overnight and not expect the whole thing to just fall apart. So, yeah, we want more cards that are in demand. We want the expensive cards to be more affordable. But there's a big gulf between uh, where they are now and uh, pennies. And the correct answer is somewhere in there. So WotC, when they do these reprints, like for instance, they've told us that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Floppy Rocks. Um, they've told us that fetch lands are coming in a product later this year. It's not this product, okay? It's, it's not uh, Double Masters. They, they told us that from the outset. It's not, fetch lands are not in this. They're in something later this, this year. They want fetch lands to be more affordable. They want people to be playing these formats, but they have erred on the side of giving you slightly too few of them rather than slightly too many of them. And it's pretty clear, I think, this is just me talking here, I've got no insider information on this one, uh, it's pretty clear that that's intentional. That their, their, their idea of increasing the card availability is very conservative. So I, I would wager they want to have enough cards out there that maybe the average player who buys a decent amount of the product can get two of the one that they need four of so that they're either going to spawn a great deal of, you know, people buying infinite packs to get all of them or a bunch of people essentially always needing more. And then whenever the next batch of players comes in, who don't have these things, they can start it all over again in five years. Exactly. Honestly, from a, from a psychological standpoint, what they want, and I'm going to be real cynical here. So sorry about that. Uh, not really. I'm going to be real cynical though. What they really want is for the price of the card you want to be more expensive than the price of the booster. It could be in. That's definitely true. Yeah. They always want that to be the case. Yeah. And they have drives booster sales. They have economists on staff, as Mark Rosewater stated, that do all this math for them. Yeah. So being even more cynical, the reason that they don't, uh, this is all my opinion, but given their track record in the last year, you might see why I come to this conclusion. Uh, the reason that they don't want to uh, flood the market is because they want to print just enough to shut people up so that they can print them again later and make more money. I think they want to get enough of them out so that these cards can continue to be in the really prominent decks so that people who want them will be like, well, I could try to buy these on the secondary market or I could buy even more boxes and buy even more boxes. And like the ratio of these things per box is sold can be terrible. So it's a lot of boxes and a lot of product and a lot of moving. 
Um, and like, again, I acknowledge their goal is to make money and that they know what the consequences of what the, at least the financial consequences of their actions are. I don't think they know how to like make a format that doesn't break anymore, but they know what the financial consequences are. <laughs> um, and so I, I feel like this whole thing is touching on, I don't expect them to ever make it possible for everyone to get everything. Like that's the basis of the game. That's why we have rarity, et cetera, et cetera. But we do need to acknowledge that they know what they're doing and what it is doing to the players. And it's not like a, oops, we didn't know that we could print more of these. Like they know they're aware. Everything is calculated. Oh yeah. Um, And then, although again, this also doubles back into that other concept we had from earlier where like not every player is meant to get everything. Like magic players have incredible entitlement issues unrelated to this. Although that is part of why the game can get so much of their money. Um, psychologically um the need to have everything the desire that you just you know deserve to have everything um all of that's definitely a process but we're strictly talking about total quantity in the system not whether or not every individual player can get exactly the fetches they want for their deck like this is much more macro than that and to uh, circle back to uh, something we mentioned earlier, if you think about what Richard Garfield had in mind when he first designed the game, uh, Richard Garfield's a brilliant game designer, absolutely brilliant game designer, came up with many wonderful pieces that make magic what it is today. But when it came to things like the Power Nine, he never envisioned that any person would have four of any of the Power Nine, let alone having all of them. Yeah. He envisioned that within your play group, maybe one person would have one of these. So yeah. he completely underestimated uh, human psychology there. Well, and when this happened, like there weren't TCGs. The idea that people yeah. would just continually buy product and there would be additional printings and all of that was like way out of scope. Like he said in an interview, or at least in several probably by now, that was always a great thing to happen because that would be wonderful financially and it would allow them to do more of the game and all, but it wasn't the expectation. Um, he was also really entertained that people didn't realize what the power nine power level actually was until way later on <laughs> because it's not intuitive to a new player when the alternative is just getting like a four, four that can beat up a three, three, <laughs> like the whole psychology of it was different, but magic as it is has gone a long way away from even its early design intentions and having more money and pay to win is definitely a thing and so rosewater had another post that was uh let's use the word problematic that i now can't freaking find one is it because the man answers like 50 freaking questions a day about nonsense yeah sounds right nope it's uh, so what he uh i'm on page six and he's only uh the freaking two days ago okay hang on uh let's go page nine <laughs> digging the blog dog yeah. Oh, wait, here we go. Okay, there's the one that's after the question. 
Okay, hang on. We're we're getting there. Ah, here it is. I think this is it. That is what did I click on? <laughs> is safe search on? How do I get just this? Okay, screw it. No one knows. Okay, so uh, a question was asked. Uh, Double Masters is priced out of my range. While you don't control pricing, I just want you to know the three... Why don't I put this on screen? I just want you to know the $300 a box before gouging is really going to spoil a lot of the community's goodwill towards your company. I know the company line is it's not for everyone, but Mr. Rosewater, it's a bridge too far for this 15-year invested player. Now, he, uh, his, his statement is, we have a portion of our audience with a higher price threshold that wants to spend lots of money. And who are we to not make products for that audience? He's saying, won't someone think of the rich people? That's his response. It's not a very well worded. I think I understand the sentiment, but it's not good. Like, like I'm not saying it's a good sentiment that we're misunderstanding. It's just, again, he's saying things that he's not really like. He says, "I get the ill will, but I also feel like not making products for that audience is unfair, both for that audience and us, because we don't get their sick, sick cash loot." And they don't get to lord over other players that they have expensive stuff. He, the, the real, the real like terrible part of this is he's not wrong, but that doesn't mean he's right. You know, Does that makes sense. Oh, thank you for the link clues. That is the one I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just guessed that that was the one that you were looking for and, and posted it there. But like, that's his argument is won't someone think of the rich what happens if the rich people don't get lots of expensive shit well then they don't get the money and we already established they want the money but he's a designer <laughs> he shouldn't be well, saying I, these things well, Mark Rosewater yeah, he's also not be PR but he is and they've used him as PR for a really long time so now they're getting the consequences of that Yep. And, and part of the reason that they do is because he truly loves the game. He yeah. really does. I've met him on a number of occasions and he really, really loves the game. He loves his job. And he's, hmm, I almost swore there too. And he's willing to put up with all of us jackasses asking him all these questions all the time. And every now and then it, uh, it shoots him in the foot. Well, Mark Rosewater has the unofficial job of humanizing corporate decisions. Yep. And in this case, he's trying to humanize, we're taking your money. And there's not a lot of good ways to do that. Like, you can try to do what some companies do, which are, for the greater good of the game, if we make this money off of these people, we can invest that in things that benefit the rest of our audience. Which he has said on other occasions. Right. And like, that's generally how you play that game. If you take the lots of money from these people and use it to fund the things that maybe appeal to different people who can't afford to carry that. Like that's the whole dumb college sports argument. 
of like, <laughs> we exploit these people with concussions so that these other people who play other sports that nobody cares about can still get scholarships. Like, that's the line there. Yeah. Like, we all know it's not okay, but it's what they do. And like, to credit, you can make that argument to people who want to believe you so that they can con- continue having their concussion sports. Like, there are ways to play off of that. Like, if he makes the argument of these super fancy, like, Egyptian-themed Planeswalker cards cost a lot, and some people really want cool things like that, but everyone else can, you know, get, like, the normal Planeswalkers that aren't like that, and the money that we make off of this lets us do other products or frees us up to invest more in making Magic Online better or whatever it is they say they do with the budget that probably isn't what happens. But We could pay our uh, executives way, way more. But, like, the thing is... He's in the bad spot right now of just directly saying, there are people that are willing to give us more money. We will take that money. But he's trying to package this up in a nice box when there really just isn't one. Um, Mind you, all of that stuff that they're doing is what every company does. (laughs) They are not uniquely guilty of this. We just have higher expectations out of them than we should. And, like, Mark Rosewater loves this product. He loves this company, from what I can tell. He loves everything about this life. And now he's got the unfortunate job of defending the ugly side of this company, too. Yep. And, like, he did that to himself. He never had to comment on this. That was stupid. I imagine he swore to himself and his, you know, probably comically high-pitched voice swearing. I bet that was amazing to hear. But, like, <laughs> he knows he dug a hole. And he just keeps digging. And, like, he could just not reply to these things anymore. And, like, people could still be mad, but, like, he's not making it better because there's no way to make this better. Some people feel like there shouldn't be super premium products because they can't have them, and now they just feel bad they don't have them. And the it's not for you argument makes way more sense when this plays for people that like different things in their play than it does you're too poor for this thing that we want to make money on. Dang. Which is what that is. Like... That's why it's being madly used. Um, I I want him to stop talking for his sake because I'm really worried that the more that he does this, the more their legal team is going to be like, well, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Just stop. Stop talking. I've been saying for how many years now that he should really stop answering so many questions. (laughs) It's like he's, well, that thing that we said before, He's actually opening them up to liability now. Yeah. The times where he's just like, oh, yeah, that card was too good. Or we really thought this would be cute. Or oops, the fly turns out to break standard. Like, whatever. Like, that's just inside baseball about the design of a card game. Nobody cares. But when you talk about the finances, you're really taking a lot of risk. And my company would never let anyone do that. Like, no way in hell. Would any of us be allowed to casually jump on social media and talk about financial decisions? Like, that's so stupid. And and Bill should know. He works for... I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to say that. a company that has a lot of lawyers who would be super <laughs> pissed if I ever said anything about that. Exactly. Like, you don't do that. It's dumb. It's just terrible risk. There's not a gain from telling people how your company decides to make money off of them. That's stupid. You don't do it. Um, and I, I have a feeling that if, if Rosewater keeps this up, they're gonna take away his, you know, hashtag Watsy staff 
privileges. <laughs> and I'm sure by now he's at least had the conversation of go back to talking about the scale birds, Mark. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he does have brilliant answers when some like uh, racist idiot or sexist idiot asks him an obviously trolly question. Yeah. And he turns that into a teachable moment and has a really brilliant responses about inclusion and not being a yeah. dickwad. He's good PR when he's talking about things that PR talks about. Yeah. And I think the reason he's been allowed to do this so far is because they're getting essentially free PR out of him. Like, I mean, I say free. I'm sure the time he spends doing this is allocated out of the time that he spends working because, like, he's doing it all day long. But, like, he'd be doing this anyway. Like, this is his world. Uh, but now on on the yeah. other hand on the other hand uh, the the complaints that we as a community are having essentially amount to why does a rolls royce exist when all we can afford is a honda there is a market for these products true and as a company that is trying to make money because that's what companies do make no mistake companies are not your friend They never have been. They never will be. The ones you have good feelings towards are generally ones that have been better at balancing public perception. A company's job is to make money. They would be fools. He is right. They would be fools to not explore products in this area where they have a market. But they're not supposed to say that out loud. We all know it. I, I also they're not feel like, really supposed to say it. This is one of those things where like half the time we're like, just tell us things straight. Like, don't BS us. Don't lie to us. Just be honest. But then when they're actually honest, we're like, wow, you're exactly bad. And like, there's not really a winnable scenario when the question comes up, which is why you just should never answer it. Um, yeah, yeah. Like there, there's not going to be a good answer. Um, I feel like super premium magic product is not inherently bad. Um, I, I feel like a lot of magic players are like, why don't I get a Garrick axe? And it's like, okay, like you can't because we made a limited quantity of them. I really think once Watsy made the jump though, to selling their own product through their own store, they lost a lot of that flexibility. Like when it was just, Oh, we only made so much of it because we didn't know if it was going to sell or not. And then it sold out and maybe we'll revisit someday. We could go with that. Like, that was a thing we could tell ourselves. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, we would hate it if you made, you know, a whole bunch of San Diego Comic-Con Planeswalkers no one wanted and they stayed in the store for eight months and Monday Night Magic made fun of you every week. Like, that'd be terrible. That um, would be awful. That'd be just the worst. <laughs> yeah, but then they, but then they invented print-on-demand technology. And uh, no matter how many people order this product in this 24-hour window, they'll get it. Yeah, they went from limited quantity to limited time, which is way shadier. That is a very yeah. different psychological world because that means you can make the maximum money yeah. out of people. That is a min-max tactic. Like, you don't have to estimate how much or where's the good price break on printing it. It's like, people want to give you money, you will get all of that money, and then two weeks later, you'll pull out another one and get all that money again, maybe. And, like... To credit, I'm glad that they finally reached a point where everyone who wants a product can have it. And if it was everyone wants a product during the three months it's available, I wouldn't have a problem with it. 
No. But that's not what they're doing. They're going into impulse buy mode and they're milking. Yeah. And that's like bad. I, I wanna <laughs> be clear here. Uh just in case anyone doesn't know, I am not whining because I can't afford a Rolls Royce. I haven't bought any magic in years. I could yeah. give a crap for me personally. I don't care. I don't buy magic anymore. And I haven't for a long time. So this isn't like sour grapes. Yeah. Man, and if I can't have it, no one can. Just in case anyone who's not one of the regular listeners stumbles across this and is like, well, this guy clearly is just a whiny bitch. No, because I don't buy any paper magic at all. I, I spend tons of money on stupid nerd crap. I could buy magic if I wanted to buy magic. Yeah. I am just being more honestly, if Wizards hadn't done a really good job of a long time of giving me the impression that they had a bigger goal in mind than strictly making money. Like we always knew they wanted to make money, but they seem to have some concept of social responsibility at various angles here. And so this is really just me being more annoyed that they've abandoned those ways for one reason or another. And it's like that straight, like uncle Iroh is disappointed in you nonsense. Like they've disappointed me and that makes me upset. Yeah. And I also feel bad for other people who maybe won't get to have the fun experiences that I had when I was more into magic because it did feel nice to buy products from a company that wasn't, you know, overtly evil. And they're not going to get that because they're being overtly evil. Um, yeah. And like, that's on us. We, we decided that they were going to do better than this. And for a while they did. For a very don't. long time, they did while still making money. Yeah, but now they, they're selling. I completely forgot about the whole selling things directly from their own store. Yeah. So now is it's not only just all of this shady crap that's that's designed to milk money out of you. It's going straight to them. It's not like game shops are getting a cut anymore. Yeah. They're selling it from their own store. They don't have MSRP, so they can just adjust the price if they feel like it. They don't bother themselves with the parts of the magic experience that don't directly make them money anymore. They don't do the tournaments. They don't deal with judges. They don't deal with any of the big social stuff. Like, they occasionally do things for stores, theoretically. I don't know if that ever happened. I don't know if anyone ever actually got a store makeover. I don't know. Um, I feel like I'd see pictures if they did. But that is a good question. Like they keep I, announcing I things they that they're did. doing, but I don't know. If they did, someone send it to me. Like I'm not saying they didn't. I just haven't seen it. And if I were them, I would be bragging about it on all channels. Like it just feels like a thing that would happen. But you know, like clues, you've seen Watsy do nice things for judges. You've seen them do nice things for groups of people that have been disenfranchised. Like, Watsi has absolutely been supportive of people with disabilities who are not buying their products on a scale with the level of support they're getting at tournaments. They're very good at a lot of this stuff. But now that they're not doing the secondary stuff anymore, all we have left is the company taking our money. And, like, if I have to acknowledge that Watsi is essentially going to be my target or my Walmart, well, I don't have a podcast where I talk about that. Because I don't care about that. They're just a transaction. And it makes me sad that they're turning into a transaction. And I'm not buying anything. So they're like nothing to me now. Like, that's awful. I don't want to feel that way. 
the other thing we have to keep in mind um, is Watsy is a much bigger thing than they were before. Like when we first, when in particular you guys, because you guys got involved much earlier than I did, Watsy was a smaller company then. They were big, but I mean, as time has gone on, they've gotten bigger, they've gone into more markets, they've gone into more products, they've gone into more things, they're owned by a giant multinational. Is Hasbro a multinational? They're owned by Hasbro. Uh, <laughs> Nailed it. There are, there are, <laughs> that's right, nobody will notice. Um, there are lots of people at Watsy. There are lots of individuals at Watsy who are great and who are the same people who were there back when we loved everything that they did and when we gave them the benefit of the doubt. But there's also a lot of people who weren't. And there's a lot of people who aren't. And there are a lot of different moving pieces and... It is not the same company that it was 10 years ago. I would say for better or for worse, but overall I feel for worse. I feel like they're more financially stable in and of themselves, but the weight of Hasbro is not looking great. And I feel like there's no way that hasn't trickled down for the worse of the day-to-day experience for people. Like once it becomes entirely the money, but you guys remember the start of the show and we're like, yeah, we're really not that motivated and invested. And then we totally were. I think yeah. I was hey, just thinking even, about that a minute ago. Fun. I think our frustration with the world in general has made us uh, much more angry about this than we would have been if the rest of the world wasn't going to hell at the same time. I think we would have been yeah, like, calm also- down, everyone. But we're not. It also really feels nice to to focus on something that isn't a life or death. Like, isn't sure. it, literally? It life does. Or death. It's very awesome. So, yeah. Watsy, thank you so much for turning into a shady, money grubbing bastard company, so that we can rant at you instead of worrying about people dying in the streets tonight. We appreciate it. <laughs> Question mark. I'm glad you saw this world coming and decided to plan ahead by like three years. Yeah, that's great of you. <laughs> and monkey's paws are weird. Oh, God. All right. I think we've made all of our points on that. Let's get on to the rest of this nonsense. Several times, yeah, because yeah, we got a few more items. Yeah, we're yeah, not we even that. done yet. That was uh, a big one. So, no surprise. Hopefully, no surprise to anyone. I'm sure some people were surprised, but let's ignore them. Uh, all tabletop things for the rest of the year have been canceled. Yep. Yeah. They're just, it's just not worth it, y'all. No. Uh, so Elaine Chase actually has a really good and, uh, uh, a post here that, that actually feels like old Watsy. And that's because Elaine Chase is old Watsy. She yes. knows how to PR. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all, all of everything that uh, Watsy, the Players Tour, the Players Tour Final, the Mythic Invitational, all of that stuff, it's all just switching to online. And, and that makes perfect sense because, believe it or not, a lot of you might have forgotten, even though Bill mentioned it earlier, COVID-19 is still totally a thing. And I, I'm, I'm still convinced that the... Uh, the second wave is going to hit us and it's going to hit us hard. I hope I'm wrong, but history shows that it's coming. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah. And there's even a, a response here on Twitter. Someone says, are you willing to commit to a return to paper events in 20... Whoa. In uh, 2021. Uh, I think your community wants some reassurance that this isn't the end of paper magic events at a Magic Fest level. And the Magic Esports account responded, when tabletop competitive play starts back up, we expect it to be seated in the hyper-local communities when and where it is safe to do so. We would be very... Wait. It will take time to build back up to city or region level events. We would be very pleasantly surprised to reach this point in 2021. That is a well-rooted response. It is. So, uh... Yeah. Don't expect Magic Fests or anything like that to come back anytime soon. Yeah. And, like, admittedly, this is the part of WotC that does give us, like, those good feelings that make us feel so betrayed the rest of the time. Because this is straight up, yeah, we're not going to say maybe and hope you still buy paper. It's, like, real, real talk, very unlikely... Whatever happens will be small. Like, expect most of the tournament magic to be online for a while. And, like, that's real. That's true. That's the kind of honesty and transparency that, like, does make us feel a little bit better about them. Because they don't have to say that. They could let people wonder and continue to buy all these, like, paper staples as sets come out. And then uh, there's an account down here that's totally not a bot. That says, it all sounds like the death of paper magic. How can I convince my players in the store that this is not the end and the paper magic competition is back? While even the creator of the game is not sure about it. Not that Richard Garfield has anything to say about it, unless they mean just Wizards of the Coast in, in general. I'm sure that's what they meant, but yeah. And the Magic Esports account responded, Digital magic is not replacing tabletop permanently. Our high-level competitive ecosystem is designed to entertain and reward magic players and fans of all kinds across MTG Arena and tabletop. They stated outright, it's not replacing tabletop permanently. Yeah. So, that's good. Because if they... If... if, if it turns out that they do, well, we've got this to rub in their face for them to ignore. But they wouldn't have said that, I don't think, if that was the plan. Yeah, there's not a... If the goal was to convince people of something they don't believe in, they would not have made the original tweet. Yeah, the... the, Like... The the, the pleasantly surprised to reach in 2021? Yeah. That's true. They would not have said that. There's no reason to say a thing and immediately walk it back just like that because one random account said but what if and it's like no that's not it like i don't think they want to get rid of paper i think they're just taking the responsible path of just saying we'll do it when it's safe and that's the only answer you can get you can't guarantee that global pandemic will be over in 2021 so how could you ask someone in this position to say that exactly No one can say that. Also, until Magic players learn how to use soap, I'm not going to a Magic event anyway. Come on, you guys. So, Channel Fireball also uh, weighed in, or Channel Fireball events, rather. 
They say, in the interest of the safety of players, staff, tournament organizers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they, they point out, yes, Watsy canceled all of the high-level in-person magic, including Magic Fests. And they're uh, offering up stuff you can do uh, with a Magic Fest golden ticket if you bought it. Which, I don't know what that is, but it's one of those things that you buy to go to Magic Fest and do things. Yeah. Specifically, doesn't matter. And they give you some options. You can uh, exchange it for store credit or redeem it for Magic Fest in a box or request a full refund. So. That's nice. uh, Yeah, if you got a draft voucher, then you can, uh, you'll be getting a code for a free draft on Arena for each draft voucher uh, that you have. They're, they're sorry that that's the best they can do, but we're not having Paper Magic the rest of the year, so, you know. I, I promise you these people are not happy that that happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're not. Like, just before you're like, oh, but why don't they do more? Like, you, you probably cannot fathom how much of a pain this is for them, both and financially how... and logistically. Yeah, how much money they're probably losing by not honoring all these contracts and whatnot. Like, getting out of contracts for, like, book space, giving people refunds for all this stuff, all the singles they're not going to sell while people aren't buying paper cards for tournaments. Like, this is a six-point loss for the people in Channel Fireball. Like, nothing is good there. (laughs) Like, that sucks all around. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad that they're, you know, actually giving people refunds and stuff for this. Like, I mean, you really should, but, like, Let's also look at all the airlines that haven't given people their refunds yet. So, But uh, I have heard rumors that CFB events won't be a thing next year, but those are seriously just rumors. Mm. But looking at how much of a god-awful mess this year has turned into, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, like, CFB events exist for doing things that aren't happening, right? Exactly. Yeah, like, why would you keep that? Exactly. Like, yeah. This is, obviously, like you said, no one said this in a public capacity. Just, like, basic logic here. Like, why would you keep that around? Yeah. So, that's, uh, that's a bummer. And now, there's another bummer, though. This is the last bummer of the evening. Oh, look! More secret layers. So secret... So, so this is the the super drop that they mentioned June first. Did this already start today? Yeah, it started uh, today. Yeah. I saw nobody talking about this today. There's been a lot of other news today. Yeah, there Magic was kind of and a lot otherwise. Of stuff going on. Like my feed this morning was injustice and the death of uh, uh, democracy. And then for a solid two hours, it was mostly banned and restricted list. And then it went back to injustice and the death of democracy. I've seen literally nothing about this today, and I've been on Twitter a lot today. (laughs) I I saw it come up uh, once or twice, but I mean, it was really just blips. Huh. So, yeah, the summer super drop starts 
today, started today. Yep. And th- the very first time they did this was the Super Drop thing where they showed off five. And then on, I guess, the first day you could buy them all. I don't know if that's how this one works. No, that's not how this one works. So so here's how this one works. We, get, we okay. got the five different drops, and they started today. So it's June 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Or you can buy all of them together for one super low price where you don't actually get a discount. Uh, but you do get an extra bonus. More on that in a minute. Uh, between now and June 15th. So if you miss one of these and you're like, oh, man, I really wish I'd bought the one that was on June 4th, but now it's June 5th. What am I going to do? Well, you still have the opportunity to buy the whole shebang. Um, in the previous Super Drop, when, when they did this, you saved some money by buying all of them at once. Not a lot, but but some. You, you got it, it was still a, a bundle Instead, deal, yeah. Yeah, it was still a bundle deal. Instead, you're now going to get with the, the Super Bundle you get one fetch land, one randomly inserted fetch land of the, I think it's the enemy colored fetch lands. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's the ones it. that are in the uh, secret layer ultimate edition, which is the thing that was going just to stores like from the vault, except all five cards and big and stupid, like right. physically. And so big let's, and stupid. Uh, let, let's talk about these real quick just so that you know what they are. Yeah. Uh, the one that is available today, so if you're watching the stream, you can still get it, uh, is the Tattoo Pack. And the Tattoo Pack has Ink Moth Nexus, get it? Pithing Needle, Eternal Witness, because it stays forever, uh, Blood Artist, because you're going to bleed, and Spell Pierce. And all of the artwork is done in a tattoo style. So if you're into tattoos, this might be a thing for you. I am not. It is not a thing for me. That's today. It's also Tomorrow got spell pierce is, in it, which makes clues twitch. Yeah, that's, yeah, there's no reason. Yeah, just, just don't. Hey, look. Tomorrow. Autocard isn't on working on this site either. Did they manage to break it on their entire website? We can't have nice things. Jesus. Tomorrow is Can You Feel with a Heart of Steel, and you get alternative art, Walking Ballista, Arcbound Ravager, and Dark Steel Colossus. Do you like those cards? Do you like this art? Then this might be a product for you. Uh, the first fine, one, but this... the, the first one, by the way, is 30 bucks. The, the second one with only three cards is 40 bucks, but they're foil. Yeah. The first ones are not foil. Are they not? No. Wow. Well, then they Probably won't curl. More on that in a minute. Uh, yeah, this one, it's, it's okay. That's what I'm going to say. Um, on the third, we have the path not traveled, which is reimagining some planeswalkers. If they weren't, you know, who they are now, we dressed them up in something more interesting, let's say. And, uh, who do we have for this? What powerhouse planeswalkers do we have that are totally in demand? They are a Johnny Steadfast, Domri Raid, Tamiyo Field Researcher, and Vraska Golgari Queen. Also, a Johnny Steadfast, it's it's hard to tell in this tiny little art, but he's totally Cable. I don't know why they didn't put bigger art in here. Yeah. Oh, God, this yeah. is not anywhere, is it? No, it doesn't get bigger when you click on it. Or I anything. figured it that further down, they were like, and here's the art. Oh, my God, what the hell, Watsy? Those are all foil as well. Yep. Um, and they're, they're kind of neat. And they're 40 bucks. If any of them bucks. are your thing. 
and they're 40 bucks. Uh, then on June the 4th, we have Mountain Go. And uh, Mountain Go, we have four, count them, four different alternate full-frame art of Lightning Bolt. The only card you'll ever need. Although like, none of like them are bolting a bird, and I'm disappointed. No. Yeah, although they say they did that in deference to the one that's on June the 5th. But make up your mind if you believe that. This one's $30. Uh, they are all foil. I think they're nifty. Um, the problem is if you want a play set of any of the art, you have to buy four copies of this. I would like to express my disappointment that they did not put a mountain in this deck. <laughs> they should have given you a mountain. And the name and cost nothing. Come on. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Like just a mountain with like a lightning bolt flying over it or something. Like that actually would have been hilarious. Is is ornithological studies, and so it is all birds. We have uh, non-foil. This is key. Non-foil alternate art, baleful strix, birds of paradise, dovescape, gilded goose, and swan song, and they are well like real life birds. They they look pretty sweet. It's nice art. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, But these are, again, not foil. And this one is also $30. Now, I bring up the foil, not foil thing because there are... Oh, uh, and by the way, if you buy the whole super drop, that is $170 if you want to do the the whole shebang. Um, There are some complaints about this. And uh, this is another case where I'm going to refer to a video by the professor uh, because he he had out a video about this yesterday, I want to say. The foils that they have had in the super drops recently have been... The the secret layers. I'm sorry, in the the secret layers lately, uh, have been uh, like super curly, like shockingly curly, like seriously, you can stand them up on your desk curly. Like straight out of the pack. You could just scoop them up like Pringles. Yeah, yeah, like Pringles. That is probably, these are very Pringly. Is is probably the best. The Pringularity is high. So any of these that are foil, that your intention is to run them in a tournament legal deck, I'll say it's a good thing that there's not a tournament anytime soon. That's what I'll say. Yeah, when you get these, your goal should be to place them in, like, top loader sleeves which you might have to bend to get them in there, but let them sit flat in that for a while and possibly also put like a book on it just in case. Yeah. Do you triple sleeve? If not, you should consider triple sleeving or maybe quadruple sleeving. Like seriously, maybe, you know, yeah. Top loaders. Do you want an entire deck of those solid top loaders? Maybe that's the way to go. There are plenty of ways to flatten your card. Just make sure you do it. If you ever plan on playing with it. Now, uh, among other complaints and problems, uh, you guys remember the Theros stargazing ones? Remember those? Barely. That that secret lair? I I remember it, just barely. Yeah, well, supposedly there are people who ordered those who still haven't gotten theirs yet. I believe Oh, no, that's not supposedly. They are out there, yeah. Yeah, and yet there are ones that came after that, like the Thalia one, that people have gotten. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. you may buy these, and they might show up soon. Then again, they might not. Also, uh, if you buy these and you're in North America, you cannot return them or get a refund. That's not a thing that occurs. 
if you're in Europe, you're protected under certain rules and you have 14 days to return them if you wish to. And they are in Europe. So. What? Yep. It's in the fine print there someplace. In America. Yeah. It's entirely up to the companies to decide they want to do that, which, you know, most of them don't. Because money. Yeah. Hassle and money, yeah. So, uh, if these are things that you like, I guess buy them. Um, the one thing that I will say about these is, like, none of these are... None of these are cards that you can't get somewhere else in a different version. I think that's fine. Right? Um, the one that I come closest to maybe thinking about buying is Mountain Go, but... At the same time, do I really want to spend, you know, $30 on some really, really, really curled cards? I no. would say that if you look through the history of Magic the Gathering, you could probably find better Lightning Bolt art and get an entire foil set of whatever that is for less money. Yeah. Well, I had, uh, I, I got a, I think, was it two? No. No, I think I bought three copies of the premium deck series. Was it Thunder and Lightning? Oh, that was a while ago. The one that was entirely, the one that was entirely foil, and that had some nice lightning bolts in it. And so I usually rock those in my. uh, I mean, like these are all things that, like, like I was saying before, for the person that wants them, I'm glad they exist. Neat. The fact that they are, they clearly have the science and the technology to make it possible to buy the entire set for two weeks. Cool. The fact that they're still yeah. hitting you with a one-day turnaround if you only want one of them, otherwise you're shelling out 170 bucks. That's cool. scummy. Like that's yeah, that's not cool. That's not cool. Like it, if it turns out that I was the target audience for the tattoo pack and I wasn't paying attention on Monday because the world happened, and now my choice is not get it or find it on the secondary market or spend 170 dollars, those are crappy choices. Feels bad. When and speaking of nuts. No, speaking of not paying attention because the world happened, I had an appointment this morning to get my car inspected. But because society started to collapse around me, I completely missed it. My mom asked me about it at 12.15 when I called her while I was out for a walk. She goes, so, did you get your car inspected? And I went, (gasps) because it didn't even occur to me. So it's entirely possible that people just missed it. Like, I didn't even know he started today. <laughs> that admittedly happens a lot with the Secret Layer products. Um, but yeah, so like if you're one of the people that wants one of these, I recommend pulling up the site and looking at the clock for when the one you want goes up and then setting like a phone alarm or something. Um, otherwise, you're either not getting it or you're spending too much. Yeah. And then finally, speaking of those uh, uh, Theros, uh, whatever. Maybe? I don't actually know. It says the IWD drop. I don't know what that is. But, uh, yeah, here's the thing. That happened right before we started the show. Due to an internal miscommunication, a number of Secret Lair fans who bought the IWD drop... Oh, the International Women's Day drop. Okay. Recently received a display box of collector boosters when our intent was to send an individual collector booster. Oops. 
cool. Whoop, wrong Thank button. Error in your favor. Yeah, but then they go on to say, we meant for this to be a sorry for the wait gift due to the COVID-19 related shipping delays. And we apologize to those who are now expecting a display box. Future IWD and Theros drop shipments. See, they still a bunch of those still haven't gone out. Will include an individual collector booster. So, yeah. Something screwed up, and some people got a booster box, which made people excited that they were going to get a box. And then Watsy was like, oh, no, you're not getting a box. Uh, which is probably the right thing to do, but that doesn't make it suck any less. <laughs> I mean, I am, in spite of everything that I said earlier in the show, I'm 100% on Watsy's side for this one. Like, oh, man, we accidentally gave you guys some cool stuff. What do you mean you expect all us to make that mistake again so that everyone gets the same bank error in their favor? Like, those of you who got something cool, we obviously didn't do it on purpose. We didn't decide some of you get cool stuff and others don't. Like, we wouldn't have done this on purpose if, you know, we were aware. Like, you can't actually expect that. You're all still getting the thing that you decided to buy, plus an extra booster pack. Sorry. Yeah. have a free thing like i i i feel like the the negative reactions to this thread are largely that magic player entitlement thing i mentioned before also a lot of people uh that i've seen in the responses are claiming that they've had an interest-free loan for like six months now granted international women's day was on march the 8th it is now june the 1st and it feels like it's been like a year. We're in what the fourth or fifth month of March now, but yeah, we're reaching the Ides of March as an entire month. Yeah, but like it, you know? it hasn't actually been five or six months. It's been March, go for Ides March, 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 April, May. It it's been just under three. Sure. Wow, there's a name I'm not going to say, but hey, thank you for the follow. Hopefully you're not a troll. Uh, <laughs> thanks, the internet. Yeah, thanks, internet. So, yeah, that's uh, that's just one more thing that has happened that is oddly hilarious. At least yeah. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah... Really about all there is to say about that. Um, for the people that are talking about like Watsy getting a free loan off of them, like it's not really a loan. You bought a thing online and didn't get it yet. Like sucks. Obviously, you should get it, but that's not really what's going on here. So chill. Make your own thread and complain there. Pretty much. So. I think that's actually it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all we got, as far as I know. Yeah. Oh, also, Rosewater did his usual thing of uh, uh, here's some really obscure teasers for the next set. When it comes out, you can go back and try to figure out which card was which. Y yeah, but I don't care. So no, <laughs> we've been doing this for a long time. And we're in, like, post-rage frustration tiredness now, so that's not happening. Um, I guess we wrap up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at SqueeGoblinAbob. There's no I in Goblin because, unfortunately, the I was stuck in a shipment for International Women's Day, and I don't know who has it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to send that to you, but you know what? Keep it. Just no one else get jealous. Um, <laughs> past that, uh, yeah, like lately, I've just been combination of work busy. Um, I did end up platinuming FF7 Remake, so... I'm sure listening to the odds and ends from a few months ago when I was super skeptical of this game is kind of funny in hindsight because like I was not at all about that game from the demo, but I decided to get it just to have something to do. And then I ended up really loving it. So congratulations to Square Enix for delivering the exact right fan service at the right time for me to really enjoy it and do literally everything. Um, Now that I'm kind of back in the FF7 kick, I picked up the... um, the actual novels that apparently came out in Japan like 10 years ago and were released in America recently. Um, I was not even aware these things existed, but these are the bridging stories between seven and Advent children that explain how the hell all that happened. Um, So that's neat. And I'm playing my way through Crisis Core, which is a game that I never played before because I don't have a PSP and I was never getting a PSP. But... It's really weird to go from memories of the original FF7 on the PlayStation to amazing cutting-edge graphics and gameplay on the PlayStation 4 to the PSP in the middle that feels more like a Kingdom Hearts game. So that's all over the place. But I'm sort of enjoying this hiding in my middle school escapism right now. It's helping with a lot of other nonsense, so I'm going to keep digging it and hope that we eventually get more FF7 remake because I really like the game. I hope we do another one. Um, Whoa, we just I just got followed by Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Oh, wow. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for Hi. the follow. Nice. See what you did there. Um, oh, and yeah, from um, what Umpax just said there... Um, I am, in fact, totally super into the idea of playing Xenoblade Chronicles Remaster. Um, I don't have a Switch because I never bought a Switch. And now you can't buy a Switch unless you're paying a fortune for secondary market or you're sitting there F5-ing every target in the area and willing to drive at crack of day and then go to Target. And I'm not really about that life when I have other video games right now. But um, I am looking forward to getting that eventually. Um I really think that there's just a massive shortage of Switches because Nintendo has not been making them or what they've made have not been shipped very quickly. And I think when people realized they were going to be in, you know, lockdown mode, suddenly the handheld game that you can take to your room and not interact with anyone else got a lot more appealing. Um, But yeah, um, I think that's a out everything out of me for right now so i'm gonna give it over to blues hey uh if you want to find me i'm on twitter more than i should be um i really should stop looking at it it just makes me horribly depressed but if you have something not horribly depressing to say you can find me on there i am at lock spelled just like it is in the show notes um lately i have been escaping to hyrule um so i've been playing breath of the wild on my switch which i had from from the before times when i had a switch uh and i played breath of the wild a while back but i never quite finished it so i picked it up again and uh, decided hey can i remember enough of the controls to continue from this point or should i start over and uh i asked the internet for help i had a twitter poll 
and they were not much help at all. I think uh, Press On won at like 51% of the vote, so that wasn't really definitive in any way, but I did it anyway. I just kept going. And so just this morning, I think, I finally finished the last of the side quests, and I found all of the shrines. So the only thing I technically have left to do is either upgrade all of my gear or just go defeat Ganon. So... I guess I'll do one of those things. Maybe Did both you find of those all things. Of the, I don't know. The seeds or whatever the, to the give to corrupts. all. Uh, no, I I haven't found all generation sculptures because there's a and billion so, of those things. Yeah, there are. I think you only need like 400 of them to upgrade your inventory the whole way. And I still oh, Jesus. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think there's like 750 or something. There's some staggering number of those dudes in that game. Um, but there's also I, I DLC. Worry that whenever I play that game, I will be the person who tries to get all of them. And that will you probably will, game. but it's totally worth it. That game is amazing. Like, holy crap. I've got it on the Wii I, U. I can't believe it runs on the Wii U, to be honest. I mean, I don't know, I don't but know. Wii U is still in the box from when I bought it. Did Did you see the, the movies with Mikey? Uh, about Breath of the Wild. If you haven't, you should. Um, oh God, that was so good. It. So good. Um, I've I've really enjoyed Breath of the Wild so damn much. I just bought the five CD box set soundtrack off of Amazon. It's on its way. It'll be here Wednesday. So I mean, Zelda games are good for music. To that, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's a really good game, and that's where when I can't take this world. I go to the horrible blighted world that is Hyrule because it's somehow better. Well, yeah, because there's a light side. Um, yeah. yeah uh, I, I will say that um, side effect of this entire experience is that I actually am playing video games again. Like, yeah, this... I kind of had this has been for a long time. Yeah, agreed. This has been the first time in like six months that I've had any time to sit down and just play some video games. Uh, it has been very cathartic. Um, so that's what I've been doing. The ones I started years ago. Uh, that's what I've been doing. Um, other than that, uh, try and be excellent to each other. Um, and for God's sake, make sure you're registered to vote and do whatever it takes to make that happen and, and vote. Yep. Over to, over to Chewy, I guess. Uh, I would like to reiterate the things that uh, we said at the very beginning is black lives matter. And if you have any issue with that statement at all, get the hell out, get the hell out. I have want nothing to do with you. Reevaluate your life. We don't, we intentionally avoid for the most part politics on Monday night magic, whether or not someone has value as a human being is not politics. No, it's just values. So, yeah. Just wanted to reiterate that for anyone who came in uh, late, because we've been going for almost three hours for what was going to be a short episode just to get through everything and then rant about things hey, we latched on to our distractions sir yes yes we did uh plus i think we all three of us managed to get out a lot of things that we felt for a while and just haven't and once it started it's just it's just a cascade yeah but uh yeah earlier well okay 
uh, again, I try not to get into politics, but when the president essentially declares war on the American public, things are bad. We're in the bad movie that no one thought could get made because it was so ham-fistedly bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, when, there's no complexity or depth to this. It's just bad. When it when it takes two months to have a bad response to a global pandemic that has killed over 100,000 people and counting in this country alone, but it takes three days to decide to bring in the military to perform violence on American citizens, gleefully so... Maybe the, the, I'm just saying things are bad. And like, it's not just that it took three days. It's like, you know, he spent the first of those days still being mad at Twitter and not even paying attention. Cause that yeah. also happened last week. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm just saying maybe, uh, may, may, maybe, you know, stop and, and think about things. just saying and if your response is again but what about all why do they have to do all the property damage i saw this on twitter earlier if if you say well i'm sorry that black people are dying but does there have to be so much property damage stop and reframe i'm sorry there's so much property damage but do so many black people have to be dying now you're on the right track you're emphasizing the wrong part Okay, okay. So now that we've got that out of the way, and I'm sure that I'm going to get angry comments and all, but really, go fuck yourself. I don't care if that offended you at all. I hope it did. So I'll know who to avoid in the future. Now, there is swearing on Monday Night Magic when democracy is collapsing around us. (laughs) Uh, But with that, hey, (laughs) if you want to support what I do, go to Patreon. (laughs) <laughs> go to patreon.com slash the mana pool and you can uh uh you, you you can help support what i do with all this entertaining content that we <laughs> oh the irony of this is not lost on me don't forget uplifting i hope you're all enjoying this fun-filled episode of monday night magic here on twitch.tv slash the mana pool. I didn't start with fun filled, did I? I didn't, right? I no, intentionally. You didn't. I don't I'm throwing that out now for maximum contrast. Okay, good. I was hoping I had intentionally no, left I would that have part called out. you out on that at the beginning if you did. You're fine. But hey, uh, Mana Pool Productions is brought to you by uh, our lifeguards on Patreon. And uh, I would like to thank our mythic lifeguards. Hopefully they'll, some of them or most of them will still be around after this. But if this is all it takes to get them to remove their name, well then, I don't care. Uh, so thank you to Jason Doan, Kim Ho, Andrew Hunt, Al, Lance Delicious, Team Yohelis, how are you? Connor Kennedy, John Morris, Alex Gonzalez, hang on, I lost my place, I scrolled. Scuzzo, Jeff Spencer, Stuart Slaw, PJ McMullen, Casey, Danny Liao, Cody Buckowing, Jake Jansons, Jason Kaus, John, pa- I'm all out of breath. John Parker, Aleph Cat, Beardy Man, uh, Backwards Logic, ALK Alters, and the Beast Father, Aaron Goodwine. Uh, seriously, thank you all so much. And all of the lifeguards at every tier. 
I, I really do uh, appreciate you allowing me to to do things like this and to get angry about about magic and then to turn around and play video games uh, and enjoy things for you uh, at a later date. So yay! But to everyone that is protesting, for God's sake, stay safe. Uh, if you're white. Uh, protect uh, your black brothers and sisters that are protesting because they're in more danger than you are. Please. Yeah. That's the whole point of the of the protests because that is objective fact. So, yeah. And uh, don't be one of the looting uh, asshats who are just out there to steal some free shit. They're making things worse. Like, a lot worse. Like, that's why mm-hmm. the military has been deployed. They're not part of the, the movement. Do not conflate them. They are opportunistic parasites. Right? Right. Yeah. So, with that, we're gonna go. So, thank you all for this happy... I don't. I feel better. I don't know. Just for a little bit, I, I do feel okay. better, and I hope some of you do too. So thank you all so very much for joining us, and uh, go play some magic. Why not? And wash your hands. And wash your damn hands. <laughs>